This week in league, the NRL continues with the shoulder charge false flag to keep us all distracted until they find a way to keep Manly out of the finals. The most successful power player this weekend wasn't even playing the same sport as they do. Nigel Plum looks forward to the next chapter of his life as soon as he remembers what it is. And we preview all of the action for round 24 of the 2015 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 202 of This Week in League. I'm Matt. And I'm Glenn. So, how are you going? Well, we just had a massive long debrief then about we did. your weekend. You we going to do it again? It was a, uh, it was a big, big time weekend. Um, lots of footy for the kids. Jackson, uh, Jackson and the boys had a game on Saturday. Um, took on... Who the fuck did they play? Lately. Sorry? Are you talking about the carnival or are you talking about the game? No, no, we played the carnival on Sunday, so they had three games. And then uh, on on Saturday, wait for it. Jeez, my memory's shit house. They had a, uh, they had a game on Saturday, Nathan, and uh, they come out uh, pretty convincing winners in the end. And it was a fantastic day. And then we had the carnival, we had, and it was a fantastic day also. And the kids had two fucking brutal games. <laughs> One of which was a war, the likes of which I've not seen since uh, the great Khan's Bake debacle. <laughs> <laughs> um, played lately in the uh, in the first game of the day and had a had a pretty good win. They got some massive fucking kids, and uh, we managed to run them ragged and uh, and score way too many tries for them. Second game was against Norths, and it was the most brutal fucking game of under eights rugby league <laughs> that I've ever seen. Uh, I don't know if they had seen us play before and thought that the way to beat us was to try and bash us illegally or legally or otherwise. And uh, fuck me, we had six out of nine kids at the end of the day, at the end of the game, put their hands up to say they were requiring some sort of treatment, ice or bandages or fucking whatever (laughs) else. (laughs) Uh, And then we played brothers in the third game and we were scheduled to play what I would have deemed to be the easier of the two brothers teams in our pool. And um, turns out that they'd obviously been watching us play also and stacked the fucking so-called easy team with a bunch of the kids from their best team. And um, we stuck with them the whole way, but couldn't quite hang on in the end. So a win, a fucking very, very hotly contested draw and a, uh, a very close loss for the day. But three magnificent efforts from my little champions. But really, it was a fucking huge weekend of kids' football uh, with a sprinkling of a uh, 17 cunts in black and orange. (laughs) They need more white. (laughs) They do need more white. They need more under eight fucking white is what they need. (laughs) Well, the white wasn't in the jersey, but it was all over the fucking flag that they flew. But we'll get to that. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to all our new listeners. Thanks for stopping by. Just like I welcome new listeners each week because fucking why not? Absolutely. special. People love when tweets are out. But this might be the first time you listen to the show. So if it's the first time you listen to the show, I'm talking to you. I say fucking love I you, love, mate. I love you. Love you, mate. No, like, I'll, and I'll if you are a first time listener of the show, hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Send us an email. Do whatever you got to do. Exactly. Make yourself known because we want to know who you are and we want to thank you personally. Exactly. 
Yeah, <laughs> I went camping on the weekend, first time for the fucking um, like the the family group. I mean, I was I was in scouts and all that sort of stuff, so I did a ton of like old school, the hardcore, you know, dig a fucking L shaped trench to shit in camping. And obviously, the definition of camping's changed somewhat over the last it, fucking. It's you know, glamping, and I did have a little bit of an email exchange with your wife over the last day or so. Yeah, and uh, did ask if. If there was any horror stories from camping, she said no. Everything went perfectly well. Everyone enjoyed themselves. I said pissed you down, pissed down on Saturday night really? as well. After people went to sleep, like sometime when we were, were you locked down, were you still dry? Everything it was all good, beautiful, Perfect. no problem at all. Didn't even realise it was raining until you know, just woke up and you hear it on the tent. Yeah, you know, everyone, you know, everyone slept fine. You know, I mean, admittedly, sister-in-law, um, they fucking. Are camping veterans right they've got a fucking massive caravan mm. massive caravan so they had like they had a toilet in there that like the kids could use and stuff so they didn't have to you know use the horrible fucking pit outhouse sort of one that was was at the grounds because that was pretty much the only facility at the grounds was it a like a proper one like a built-in sort of thing or was it the which one the the the, the outhouse no pit. it was it was like it was like made out of wood from the olden days and it was like a pit with a seat on it. And, Let me know, tell you. I didn't know, I didn't shine the torch down there to see how far down it was, but if I had to guess, we would have been looking at probably 1.8 metres-ish. I'm going to tell you, in Kokoda, let me tell you some of the fucking long drops that I experienced there when you're trying to squat over a hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no seat. There's yeah. just a hole mm-hmm. in some wood that is creaking and croaking and yeah. sounding like it's going to break at any minute under the strain. You don't want to land in that. And... Um, I said to people, I said, I don't want to know, like I said to the, you know, the, the tour guy that was running, the Australian guy that was running yeah. the tour, I said, I don't need to know if any of the, the local porters or anything is carrying a gun, but if I happen to fall into that long drop, all I want them to do is put one solitary bullet in my head and never fucking speak of me again because I don't ever want to come out of there. <laughs> There's no coming back. Just uh, that's it. That's the end of me. You can't. You ain't going to wash that away. The fear. The fear of just you hear the wood and I'm like, oh fuck, this has got to be over quick. Fucking my daughter screamed like when when oh, on Saturday around on sorry on Sunday around lunchtime when the 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 toilet on the caravan was full and and my daughter had to go to the toilet and she fucking screamed <laughs> blue murder did not want to go to that one to the point where my brother-in-law actually had alright he fucking emptied it out and fucking set it up again so nice she, so, so she good didn't man have, so she didn't have to see the horrors but um yeah they had like um, friends of theirs because there was a lot of people there was probably about 20 people because it was um like the cousin's twins birthday party weekend sort of thing so they had some school friends and then their older sister had some school friends so there was about 10 kids and 10 adults but these other friends they had these um there's a creek running down behind the campsite area, and um, they ran a ran a, a pipe down there up to the tree, and they had a thing strapped on the tree. It kind of looks like the gas box you got inside your house, yeah. And into like one of those ensuite tents with a shower thing. So it was basically running off the car, um, the engine of the car when they, they just flicked the car on when they had to, and it was like unlimited unlimited hot water showers because it was like they set up a fucking what? hot water system, like. You know what I mean? Like so, so the, the, I mean, that's not camping. Yeah, usually, usually the sister-in-law. Yep. Apparently, they usually do like they usually just tent it. But this time, because of the amount of kids and stuff, they thought I'll bring down the van just to make some things, you know, a little bit a little easier. Bit easier yeah. But there's a, there's a dairy around the corner about five minutes away. There's like tons of dairies around. It's, it's, it's all dairies and fucking horse studs down Where at? that area. Lynch's Creek. So it's down like um, near Kyogle. Oh yeah, I guess. So you go back down through Bow Desert and Rat Downy, and you know, I'll come down there. But um. <clears throat> You um, 
went to this we went to this uh this this dairy around a corner like they, they've been to that that campsite many times so they they sort of know this guy who's got the, the dairy about five minutes away they've taken the kids down in the past and so um my brother-in-law just went in there and said you know can i bring these you know kids down to have a look at the milking and everything and have a go and the guy's like yeah cool so we go down there and the, the kids they've basically got two lines where the cows with like feed bu- buckets in there and the cows come in and they stopped at a gate and then while they're feeding they're clamping the things on and you know and milking them and so the kids are having a go and you know just tormenting these cows just fucking you know ripping on their tits and um <laughs> after a while usually what would happen is he opens the gates on one side and the cows file out and go back into their paddock and then they usually like there's one or two of them that always walk out of the building where the the, the milking's happening and they sort of take about 20 paces out there and just stand there and just dump a fucking steaming load of shit on the, onto the concrete. As cows but, do. As cows do. <laughs> but there's one cow that was, the, the kids were sitting on the steps to go down into the pit in between the two lanes where the workers would, you know, clamp the things on where they'd walk. And the cow second from the steps decide to take a piss and like I don't know if you've ever seen a cow take a piss before but it's basically like a three inch diameter hose just yeah. spraying water for about 10 seconds 20 seconds and they the, the kids were fucking like a foot from getting fucking shit drenched by this cow pissing Amazing. one of the funniest fucking things I've seen like it would the only way it would have been funnier is if it had a fucking got hit him but then there would have been all sorts of issues that I didn't want to fucking deal with. Now, you say that you, you weren't home, you didn't get to see the West Tigers game, but you just described perfectly the West Tigers' performance. A cow fucking walked 20 paces and took a massive dump. Let me, let me, you didn't miss... I mean, you, you basically saw the same thing I did. Let me tell you, the, 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 kid, the kids were watching the, the milking thing, so they didn't see the cows. The cows would fall out past them and then out to the thing where they'd dump their shit. And I pulled out the phone and I was like, I'd do like a slow-mo with iPhone 6, like slow-mo of a cow taking a shit. I was just, and just to use for things like that... <laughs> Just to go <laughs> match highlights. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah. Look, just, I mean, it's not this week in, uh, in Cal- shitting, in but um, shits. let me, t- I just want to shout out to the fucking grub. Yeah. The fucking absolute grub at 9am at Red Bank Plains in the Portaloo at the carnival that laid a coil that defied belief. Yeah. Defied belief, Nathan. Yeah. And didn't flush it down by pumping the fucking handle. <laughs> what sort of degenerate fucking grub of a human being? Sure, just, it wasn't a brown state the cord. Oh, fucking could have been. It could have been. Um, it was a twenty pumper. Yeah. Let me tell you. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe he did pump it, and he didn't know. Oh, maybe he it was a forty out. pumper, and he, he's like, "I can't do this." He walked out, and oh, maybe fucking he, giving her all a half cup. And maybe, maybe he's just pumped and just gone like, "Okay, cool, you know, job done." Walked out, not realised. Oh, not realised that it needed more fucking work. Fucking grub. <laughs> Unbelievable. So he also laid a 2015 West Tiger. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I just saw this. This is like a replay. Team photo. <laughs> I took a selfie with it. I was like, I'll get this autograph to frame it. <laughs> with your run to your B-shirt. There you, go. you see the fucking corn on the fucking lip. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mitchell Moses. Um, this week's oh, episode. Fuck my kind of a team. Oh, <laughs> this, this week's episode is proudly, no doubt, brought to you by Audible.com. <laughs> Get a free audio book download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash This Week in League. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And thank you very much to the people who have availed themselves of this free, no obligation offer because we get a kickback. Just You don't even have to stay signed on. If you just sign up for the free one, get your free book, 
go to audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league. We actually they, they kick us back some cash. So that's it's a good way to um it's a good way to you know, kick some kick some cash into the kitty if uh if you, you you're not one of those people who magnificent specimens who buy jerseys and memberships and whatnot. And just want to shout out to Paraman Mark too. Kyle tweeted us yesterday, said I like the Audible books thing. Gave it a go, thanks to this week in league, but I went through the book in one night while I was working. So He's basically fiending now and needs. <laughs> I think needs it's more. um, look, it's a fantastic, fantastic service uh, that Audible.com offers uh, for people like Kyle that can't fucking read. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just for people that are busy and and and, and do want to take in uh, some some prime literature whilst in the car or on the commute. It, it also helps dumb cunts, and yep. um, you know, Kyle, case in point, illiterate cunts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I um, you know, it's it's the fucking gift that keeps on giving. Plus, we get we get a kickback for it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what is there not to like? Exactly. Um, at Stephen McGill tweeted us and said, uh, "Question, boys, is league becoming too soft? I understand that rules are made and changed for player safety, but it's going mad now." I'm going to tell you if you had a looked at the Springfield Panthers underage whites versus North Gold. Yeah. Game two of the fucking under eights carnival on Sunday. It was like the good old days of origin. I'm going to tell you. It was like Western Manly. Manly Rugby League has days. not gone soft. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, and there I was don't... a lippy little Blakely kid out there saying, yeah. stop high tackling. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like that's going to work. That's, that's just, that's just going to fucking poke the bear, isn't it? <laughs> but um, look, no, it's not. I mean, there are some decisions with the, you know, the judiciary and things like that. There are things being punished that shouldn't be probably punished, and there are things that are uh, being punished now that um, weren't in years gone by. But I don't think that necessarily makes the game cost off because, hey, that's all after the fact, isn't it? It still happened. I think it's inconsistencies. Um, I, that's what shits it, people the most. It's like. a fucking tough sport. It's yeah. it's a war of attrition. Um, in in the you could have the cleanest, most tightly officialed game of rugby league, and it's still the toughest fucking sport on the planet. That's not a combat sport. Yeah. Yep. Right. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, um, I'll go with that. And it's 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 just the the level of fitness that's required, mm-hmm. the contact, even just legitimate fucking hit up and get belted. Yep. Yep. Um, and and do that for eighty minutes, and some blokes are doing it. You know, the Robbie Farrers of the world are doing it sixty times a fucking game, just belting people. Um, and some would say doing fuck all else some weeks. I don't want to say too much. I love the man. Yeah, because it would, it would look, it'd be a really bad look if after all this time you came out and fucking agreed with everything I've ever said. No. It'd be a really bad look, Glenn. Yeah. I, I love Robbie Farrow and he was by no means responsible other than a couple of fucking horrific errors. Yeah, we'll get them. We'll, we'll, you, you, can, you, can, you, can have, you can have your uh, your time of repentance. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... You take the fucking shoulder charge away. Um, you know, don't allow... I, I don't want punching in the fucking game. No. I don't want that. And... Maybe that's a junior rugby league coaching me talking, but I don't think it's a fucking good look for a game that's it's legitimately worth billions of dollars now. Yeah. Don't fuck you. Don't need to be punching on and carrying on. It's a fucking sport. Yeah, need it, to be professionally. But sometimes, but sometimes people need a fucking punch in the face. Yes. Sometimes it's the only way they learn. Exactly. And there was a couple of our boys that were very close to giving <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to doling out a couple. But I was very proud of them. They took their aggression out legally on the field, and. <laughs> Fucking hell hath no fury like a couple of the boys in our team when they're pissed off. Jesus Christ. I love it. And, uh, so, Adversity yeah. brings out the best in people, Nathan. Even fucking eight-year-olds. 
And um, so, so you know, I don't think league is becoming too soft, but I'm happy for people to, to provide arguments to counter that. But I, I don't necessarily think it has. I mean, there's been some strange... I mean, I understand why you asked the question, because especially this week when we had like half a dozen shoulder charges that were all completely different to each other and, and all brought up for review so there'll be more to come of that no doubt and maybe it might define the, the you know what the new parameters are since their rule change like you know 10 days ago but uh yeah i don't think the game's becoming too soft though i mean you can't i mean the rules the player safety rules that you mentioned that have been changed surely they can't be anything but a good thing like mm. you don't want players i don't think the game's any i don't think the game's softer because you can't fucking turn a guy upside down and spear him head first into the ground yeah you know what i mean like so uh riz 666 he tweeted us, he retweeted us, a tweet from Bunnyman72, long-time listener of the show. His brother used to listen to the show. You may have heard of him, Sharkman05. He tweeted this on Ava. And I presume he means Ava, you know, like South people don't know how to spell their own guys' names. But, you know, on Ava. Congrats on a fantastic first game back, mate. We are so glad to have you back. And, and Risby's just thrown that and said, oh, yeah, thoughts. <laughs> Throwing him under the bus, he said, I hashed the not-so-good hob day. So, throwing him straight under the fucking bus. And I've got to say, uh, Scott, what a fucking shit kind of a tweet you just did. Seriously, take a good hard look at Is that trolling? Is he trolling to to try and get a rise out of Risby? No, I I doubt it. A rise out of Risby, what's that, three inches? Didn't Didn't send it to Risby, though. He just put that out there in his timeline. Risby's gone... That motherfucker. <laughs> I know who can deal with this. I'm going to call the Wolves. <laughs> who will be there directly. Now, seriously, take a good fucking hard look at yourself. You've distinguished yourself over your time, um, you know, that, that we've known you by not being a cunt like your brother, essentially. <laughs> so how about you fucking keep it that way and, uh, and, and stop tweeting stupid shit. I mean, the only way that tweet could have been fucking worse is if you tweeted straight to the cunt. And I didn't actually have any notes about this, but did you see fucking Unky D with his Ask Arvar hashtag that he yeah. threw <laughs> And look, I, I just want to say... I, support, I just want to say I support it all, but some of, some of the stuff wasn't as creative as I would have hoped. Well, Napoleon's not as creative as we would have hoped. Some, of, some of it was fucking deep-fried gold. Yeah. Was it a, was it a, a thing that he created, or was it a, a, a something that was no, I th- South's... I missed I missed the start of it, but I think that he actually kicked it off. I don't think it was like a I, I don't think it was a uh, what would you call it like a a refactoring or a you know or a hijacking of of something South were doing. I mm. think he's just I think he's just thrown it up there. All right. So okay. <laughs> very good. If it was in fact you, Unky D, if it was someone else, then please give us uh, you know we'd like to assign the proper credit and and you know slam Unky D. So let us know. Mitch Colby. Hey, Nate, can you tell that Glenn bloke to stop bagging the 2560 Campbelltown Kinglands or I'll stab him with my pipe? Cheers. <laughs> so, just thought you should know that. Uh, what was I saying about... You were talking about the, you know, the, 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 the more whites, you know, the bring back the magpies, the people with the hoods <sighs> on the hill. So, I was, I was relaying factual information. <laughs> See, see, I, I, see, I don't. And then he's threatening to stab me with a fucking pipe. So you're yeah. welcome. Yeah. You're welcome for you know the real talk that I delivered. <laughs> so underscore pwned. It's this time of year that the Knights fan married to the Manly fan gets his ear chewed off about the disparity between the two. Joel punching above your weight, and do not deserve her, and do deserve everything you're getting right now. 
potato underscore chips. I just listened while I cleaned the fuck out of my kitchen. It made the job more bearable. Hash more high praise. I don't want to know. What, how did you... Kitchen is a sensational yeah. venue for that sort of thing. Well, how you know? did your kitchen get so much fuck in it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Redheads, man. Yeah, that's it. It's Lying just, on the uh, kitchen floor like a sack of spots. It's, just, it's, such a, it's got to be cold, isn't it? And what about the interesting dichotomy? Like how, how, how hot redhead women are versus how, how, how repugnant and soulless red, redhead men are. Yeah. Can we fucking get a ruling on that? Why is that? Why is why was science so fucking such a curse and a blessing to the various sides? <laughs> I I have great pleasure um, in the uh, everyone knows I attend the Broncos games at Suncorp, and uh, the mate that I attend said games with is a redhead. Yeah, he's and, um, very, oh he's he's like very don't don't very don't you dare cheapen it. He's a fucking redhead. He could he could pass though. This is the thing. He could pass as like you know. Oh fuck! If Troy would be here humping your fucking leg <laughs> hearing that. No, honestly, he could he 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 could pass the normal. Because every time Jack Red fucks up, you I'm like him. fucking rangers. You can't trust him with anything. <laughs> it's <just> useless. <laughs> he loves it. Woody Solo. On the wall with Solzy, Andos 20 and Sharkman. What more could a bloke want? Thanks, Twilgenfell, for the immortalisation. Uh, thank you, sir, for the wonderful uh, Todd Greenberg song. It's one of my favourite songs of all time. I fucking love it so much. Can't believe someone wasn't sued over it, to be honest. Ryan Finance. Overall, Thursday night is greater than Monday night. Uh, football. Look, I'm inclined to agree, but let's see it in practice. Because I, I do like Monday night football. But sometimes... I always find... When Game of Thrones is on, though, like you're kind of like, oh, fucking footy's on. And if it's not your team, you're like, oh, I've got to watch it. But now I want to watch fucking Game of Thrones. Hurry up, footy. I find it hard because the kids have training Monday night. Mm-hmm. So training finishes at 6.30. By the time I get home, it's quarter to seven. Yeah. Then dinner and stuff. Dinner, Leo bath, fucking... It's half time by then. Leo to bed, Jackson homework, mm. Jackson bath. Mm. You don't look unless it's a Tigers game, and I make a point of sitting there and watching every last fucking second of it. And sometimes that's like mate, sticking pins in my fucking eyes. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. But it's it's, it's very hard. I always have it on, and I'm I'm catching bits and pieces, and and you know, and you know, taping it yeah. or whatever, and, and trying to watch it back when I can. But <clears> it's uh, it's very difficult. The timing of it. Thursday would suit me. I'd be able to watch it uh, probably easier. Sure. Uh, Base Chapo, was it just me, or did it seem like Saguna was riding Glenn's dick like they were a newlywed couple? Oh, what, since the fucking first time you ever posted on Facebook or anything to this show? Yes. Yeah. I mean... Saguna, if, if nothing else, Saguna is a massive dick rider. It's just a... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you get. <clears throat> when I think of Saguna, I think of two things. Three things. One, you saying Saguna, like, you know, singing it. Saguna. Two, massive dick rider. Three, abuser of fucking... Habitual emojis. abuser of emojis. Yeah. True. I don't know what you get out of riding my dick. Be like the, you know, hobby horse of fucking <laughs> dick riding. <laughs> Rubbing sensation is more bruising, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> um, we, had, we were speaking, you know, last week. There's some people online talking about you know, how, how did they discover this week in league. And I really like this because it's interesting to hear the story. So if you, you, know, if you have a story to, to share, then by all means do so. Uh, Special K online. How did I discover this week in league? Two Gronks I follow called Nate and Chapo kept talking about it. Slipped it on during a wank. It's been love since. That's as good a reason as any, I guess. I imagine that's probably a very common 
through line for most of the people's stories. Of how I, they I fucking show. hope not. <laughs> Paul Mac underscore 78. He said, I discovered Twill on League Unlimited. Someone was calling Nathan Glenn Loudmouth Noel, so I checked them out. Very interesting, that one. Well, I mean, you know that we've got some fucking enemies that are involved in that website. Yeah. Friends that are involved in that website, but some enemies as well. Yeah. So, you know, the kind of enemies that just when like- I'm drunk and fucking fired up after watching a shitty grand final, and for example, let's just throw a year out there, 2014, and... And I'm standing there waiting for fucking Ben Zed and his missus to come back from fucking watching the medal presentations, the ring presentations and shit. And I'm And I see the person who probably wrote that comment on League Unlimited walking towards me from 50 metres away and I purposely walked out and positioned myself directly in his fucking path only for him to fucking somehow miraculously find the fucking wheel, steer away from that iceberg that was surely going to fucking sink that cunt into unconsciousness. Yeah. And I was busy dropping my fucking phone on the ground and smashing it at smithereens. Yeah. So, in conclusion, yeah. I could probably narrow it down to fucking four people who, re- who said that. All the pussy-ass bitches who've had their chance to fucking say stuff to my face. I just find it interesting that people that are friends of the show, that yes. are involved with the same yeah. uh, website, didn't give us a heads up. Just a little screenshot or something. Yeah, you know. People going to do what they're going to do. Uh, the biggest tiger, how I got into this week in league, the infamous Saguna hooking a fellow tiger up. Hash, thanks, mate. <laughs> infamous. And, he, and yeah, he, he uh, did hook him up on Twitter and he did, he did attach a screenshot of the, you know, you should check it, check this out. And he's like, okay, I did. And, and I actually remember that as well because I think we were tagged in on those tweets. Um, Jake underscore Chook, multiple players are going to miss a grand final with the current interpretation of the shoulder charge. Gromtacular effort NRL. We'll get into that later, but yes. And what probably, you know, in within 48 hours, we're going to have more clarity, I think, on, on what the deal is because there's a couple of guys that are, that are going to fight it. And I think through their fighting it, we're going to, they're going to have to sort of set precedence and, you know, yep. some more parameters around what's going to happen with the rules. Freako9. Hey, guys, the print looks awesome. Great job, Twilgenfeld. Very honored to have my name on the wall. Hash Twill Nation since episode 22. Wow. That's pretty fucking old school, dude. Love it. That's a very old school. You just wonder, okay, why 22? What happened that got you on episode 22? I don't know. Uh, more on that print in a minute, though. Um, Mitch, Niles1991 on Twitter, said, uh, sent us a, a screenshot of an excerpt from a news article about that tackle in the Newcastle comp that we retweeted the video of where the guy went for the fucking heel hook and just fucking reefed that guy's leg and fucked him up. Yep. Edwards, the perpetrator was banned for 12 games by the Newcastle Rugby League Judiciary on Wednesday night when it ruled he intentionally injured the other guy's name I'm not going to pronounce in a tackle. Edwards could not front the judiciary because he was in police custody in relation to a breach of parole conditions. His suspension was reduced from 16 matches to 12 after Cessnock pleaded guilty on Edwards' behalf. So that guy's just a fucking charming individual all around. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Facebook, Norts, Aaron Norton. In regards to the team swap... I've been there, done it. Originally a Giants slash Seagulls slash Chargers supporter. After the Chargers were punted, I was a Broncos supporter, but not passionate, just the team to follow. As soon as the Dolphins, five-minute existence, and they became the Titans, I was back on board, as fucking painful as it can be at times. And he's a staunch, staunch Titans fan. In fact, he was there the night that Manly pumped them a couple of weeks ago and, and started this you know, momentous historical run to history. I uh, got an email from Oliver. 
Uh, this is this is uh, it goes to, to our, our our DV or sex offenders and you know their their role in getting back in the NRL. This is not an NRL story specifically. It's uh, it's around soccer, but it's interesting. So uh, hey guys, I just wanted to give a perspective on the debate that never seems to go away. There's been a case recently of a professional soccer player in the UK of the name of Chet Evans. I'm not sure if you or your Aussie listeners would be aware of, but I think it's an interesting one that maybe the fans of NRL clubs could follow. Ched joined a Division One team for a fee of three million pound. 6.4 million Australian dollars, and was a Wales international. He was nominated for League One Player of the Season, and in April 2012, he was named in the League One PFA Team of the Year. He ended the season with 35 goals in all competitions. So this guy was playing at a very high level, and I believe he was getting paid in the region of £20,000 a week. Yes, this cunt, in capitals, was getting around 42500 Australian dollars per week. In April 2012, he was jailed for five years after being convicted of raping a drunk teenage girl. Released after serving half his sentence, following his rape conviction, he was released by the club at the end of the season. On his release, and serving what was judged by his peers a necessary sentence, he was released in 2014. The part of the story I think Tool Nation fans of any NRL teams of any sporting or any sporting can, can consider are these. When news broke that since his release he'd been offered to train with his former club with the option of re-signing, there was a public outcry and petitions by the supporters of the club and also high-profile celebrity patrons of the club pulling their support, namely female Sky Sports presenter Charlie Webster. The club eventually caved and a decision was made under public pressure not to re-sign him. This happened at another four clubs, and maybe some listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's currently playing professional football anymore. The moral takeaway and takeaway from this story, I think, is this. I'm not saying anyone convicted of a crime should not be able to work again, but should not be any position to be role models to anyone, let alone children wanting to be professional sportsmen or women, proven in this story that if enough people rise up against the reinstatement of these kinds of people, then the clubs and governing bodies will eventually stand up and take notice, albeit if it's to save face in the public image of their clubs. I think until the decisions are taken out of the club's hand and made by the governing bodies, the fans should and always will make their feelings heard. Give up the good work, cunts, and let the Twill Army rise up and put an end to the absolute scumbags in the game. I've been giving this a lot of thought, not just because it, obviously not because of that story. That's the first time I've heard it. But um, just uh, in light of you know the the general suggestion that you know we lead a bit of a petition and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, I really think we could be on the front foot mm-hmm. with this sort of stuff. And um, you know we do have a a big listener base and and you know obviously quite a good social media following on different forums, um, and quite a, a vocal passionate yep. core group of, of yep. listeners that make a fuckload of noise <laughs> um, which is fantastic and yep. you know we see the benefit of that when they just spruik the show and yep. but you know you, you, we could use this platform to, to do some real good and yeah, and we did, and, and, and we did and have that letter. That, remember, we had the letter a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and we do have a draft to that. That I haven't even haven't had the time to kick back sure. and forward with you yet. Just, but um, I just think that you know we could try you yeah. know i'm not saying it's going to be possible but you know there's some some pretty heavy heavy media outlets that that are the polar opposite of trying to implement cultural change within within rugby league with respect to these sorts of cases and mm-hmm. someone needs to fucking stand up and, and be yeah. a vocal voice the other way yeah and 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 be saying fuck your redemption story you don't deserve to be redeemed yeah in 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 a professional sporting sense yeah you know if you're a rapist fuck you yeah, you know. Yeah, there's really no. I mean, there's if you're really no a rapist or a, de- a perpetrator of domestic violence, fuck you. Yep. You don't deserve to be redeemed. Yeah, there is no fucking redemption from that. You need to carry that fucking sludge on you for the rest <laughs> of your fucking miserable life. Yeah, and yes, you can go and flip burgers. Go and flip burgers or fucking 
fill bags at a, at a grocery store or wash people's fucking windscreens for a living at traffic lights, I don't give a fuck what you do. You know what? I don't want any any part of my pay TV subscription yep. that goes towards a billion dollar fucking payment for the TV rights to this game for a television net for a pay TV network to be broadcasting your fucking skull and money into filtering my back eyeballs. to the club that pays your salary. Exactly. You know, yeah. Fuck you. You yeah. don't deserve that. And someone needs to stand up. And, 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 you know, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be flipping burgers and things like that. I mean, you can start your own business and be very fucking successful. Do make, whatever you know, the fuck you want to do. You want. But if you, if you get to the point where you abuse and, and, and pay so little respect to the privilege that is playing professional fucking sport for a living when there's so many people out there that literally are fucking flipping burgers mm-hmm. and trying to fucking scratch and scrape and, and play part-time yep. to get to that level, yep. then... Then fuck you. And if you're if you're a rapist, I don't care if you're a footballer or what the fuck it is that you do. But if you're a rapist or, or a perpetrator of domestic violence, then you deserve the very fucking worst that life has to offer. And and someone needs to fucking stand up and and say that it's not okay for you know billion dollar enterprises such as media outlets printing fucking. That have ownership stakes in the, the, you know what I mean? That have that have like vested interests in not ownership stakes, but vested interests Absolute in the positive promotion dribble. of the sport. And how do these fucking journalists sleep at night? You know, imagine if if it was their fucking daughter. You know, yeah. imagine if it was their daughter that that yeah. some fucking pig like Blake Ferguson assaulted. Yeah, would they be printing a story then saying, "Oh, you know, just diminishing what he did"? Yeah. And, and saying that it was okay. Or more importantly, would they be would they be printing a story saying exactly what we're saying? Would they have the fucking ball bag yeah. to fucking actually do that at the potential risk of their, you know? It's just uh, someone someone needs to do it. And there's too many people out there involved with, with you know, podcasts and, and you know, bloggers and, and things like that that do have aspirations to be part of the mainstream media. You know what? Neither of us fucking have that. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and, this, and, and there's nothing... That, I mean, I don't see it as much in the, in the rugby league side of things, but I see it in the MMA side of things all the time. And just these people that just want to suck the dick of the master organisation to fucking for for access or you know for for freebies or you know all that shit and it fucking sickens me. I'm happy to pay for my fucking um, you know tickets to whatever fucking games I choose to attend to support yeah, rugby league. Pay, pay for my foxtel. I'll pay for my fucking jerseys. I'll, I'll pay, pay for my, my fucking way stuff. because that reserves the right for me to have my honest and unadulterated fucking say mm-hmm. on, on how things play out in, in the media with regards to, you know, off-field atrocities. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I have no fucking desire to be part of the mainstream media if it means that I've got to fucking bow down and say that, you know, these fucking scumbags that bash their wives and girlfriends or assault, assault women, yeah. young women, that that, you know... Them playing football again is is a magnificent story of redemption. How fucking sick and twisted do you have to be to 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 even utter those words, let alone put them in, you know, into the mainstream media for people to read it? And how do you fucking sleep at night? Exactly. Now, <clears throat> just on general stuff, a couple of run TMBs left. You know the story. Get in, grab those. One run DC shirt. Let's get that. that let's get them fucking out. I can't believe people done. didn't. You know, uh, as of five p.m. Saturday didn't storm out and buy those fucking run TMB shirts. What a magnificent performance! Well, at least you know T's got it going on. You can't fault T at all. 
I mean, like, T's the fucking only one I'm putting in. M- M's having a dig. Yeah, M's having a dig, which is not good enough. And B, my motherfucker's a passenger. Let's be real. <laughs> Comes a passenger in every fucking sense of the word. <laughs> the print, the glorious 200 episode print, is um, up for grabs online now. And look, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I put it online this morning um, <clears throat> and with the intention of, you know, talking about it tonight. And announcing it, but um, there's already been a sale. <laughs> Someone's just found it. Oh, so wow. Sammy Dunn over in England, I fucking salute you, sir. And um, that's brilliant. And he's grabbed one. And we've also um, got an additional option on there as well. It's on the respect the shooter side. It's the first thing on the feature. Just go to the homepage, and you'll and you'll see the it's the first item on the featured products. Um, there's an additional option where you can pay a little bit more and get your own custom Hilgenfeld sketch of you or whatever you decide you want it to be about in the style of the the ones that he um, throws out for uh, this week in league every week and so didn't do anything last week though did he well he had his 200 print he had it he passed <laughs> in the glory and he's like fuck you guys I'm not doing shit this week that 200 to, to get that 200 print out on time he had to do some very fucking let me, let very me say, hefty you know fucking what? leg work to get 200 episodes out yeah. we had to do some fucking leg work too every yeah. week <laughs> And we fucking put the time and the effort in. We stay up till all the hours of the night. And then someone latches onto our fucking coattails, clips the fucking the, 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 the buckle of his bib and brace overalls onto our fucking coattails and fucking latches on to the other side of our coattails whilst still holding onto a crayon. Yep. And wants to be a part of it. And then when the fucking, when the chips are down and adversity comes, he's yep. like, fuck you guys, I'm not doing a sketch this week. Yep. And this is the type of person we're dealing with, Nathan. Yep. And with the pricing, I mean, we're working on this is this is getting the legit, you know, like archive, you know, last one hundred years kind of, you know, print that any any art print that you would see, you know, from an established artist would would get that kind of treatment. So it's going to be something, you know, you know, you frame it. It's it's gonna it's gonna last a long time if you take care of it. So um, with that in mind, I mean, we've sort of based the pricing on getting a certain number of them out, and we're happy to to, to wear it up to that point. But you know, if this, if this goes off and you know double the people get on board then you know we may be you know able to offer some um you know some refunds on you know portions of it because we may get another discount and the discounts get on production the more obviously the more we sell they you know they become far cheaper so you know look forward to that too if if as many people grab it as i as i think but look i just can't wait to get it to be honest and um yeah it's not going to be much of a pre it's not going to be much of a pre-order i don't think um you know i think we'll probably same as jerseys i think we get 20 we'll you know, pull sure. the trigger on it. So, look forward to that. And it's up there on the Respect the Shooter site now, anyway. So, get on there, you know, where you get your jerseys and your memberships and whatnot. And uh, the first story of the week, and you know, some people aren't going to like that this is the first story of the week, but <clears throat> don't give a fuck. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry that I don't give a fuck. Jared Hayne, his debut for the San Francisco 49ers and plaudits from the game's most respected writer, who described aspects of the former league star's performance as really something to see. So Peter King, writer for Sports Illustrated, in his, in his Monday morning quarterback column, uh, called Haynes' 53-yard run against the, t- the Houston Texans his play of the weekend. Uh, the quote, the amazing story of the Niners-Texans game in his first American football game after a career as a star rugby player in Australia. The 28-year-old Haynes bounced outside, separated physically from a couple of tacklers and bounded up the left-hand side of the Houston defense for a 53-yard run. It was really something to see. 
So, <clears throat> obviously, you can't get too ahead of yourself. It was a spectacular single play. Overall, his rushing statistics, I think, were, were the best in, in, in that game. The way that the trial games work, though, usually, you know, like the first team are out there and then, you know, they sub players in and out. And, I mean, <clears throat> for example, I think um, the Patriots, I think, you know, Brady in in his in the trial game, like he threw a couple of passes, three passes, maybe a completion. Like that's about it. Like he didn't do fuck all. Um, and you know, like Atlanta, their game. I mean, they the the A team played the first quarter, and there were members of the A team in the first half, and this is just the way it works. But you know, I think the people, the you know, looking at Hayne and the the, the chances he had, starting from very late in life. You know, athletically, uh, and in terms of you know being involved in a sport that he's you know that he didn't grow up playing and you know was built for physically and so on. You know, it's a very encouraging, and uh, it's a very admirable start for him. Um, I think that'll that, that's going to see him. He's going to, I think for sure, he's going to beat at least a couple of the cuts. You know, when they take it down from you know from the nineties down to you know the, the final seventies or whatever. It is. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, like they end up on fifty five, and I think and and I think he'll beat a couple for sure. You know, a couple of cuts. Um, he's proven he, he did he did fairly well on the uh, you know not spectacularly but fairly well on the on the the kick returns as well. Yeah. And so that's probably where he's most likely to carve a niche for himself and, and or carve a place for himself in a final roster if he if he does get there. But you know what? I just wanted to bring up because I just think that it's like we've we've always been pro him succeeding and pro him chasing his dreams over there. Not enough people in the fucking world chase their dreams on um. Yeah, you know, in anything in life, you know. Sure. So, I think it's just really fucking admirable the way that he's done it, and it's a and it's, I think it's great. I think it's great news. I mean, there's a lot of people fucking hating on him and you know, saying you know want to deride his achievements so far. Fucking, he's and out there doing people- it, and he's doing good for and he, and he's and he's done a good thing. So you know, shut the fuck up, and I wish him all the best for the rest of it. Absolutely, I agree with everything you said. There's there's a lot of people deriding people that are coming out and supporting me and saying, oh, you fucking bandwagoner, you never had any interest in NFL. Well, Maybe he's the one that's brought them interest in NFL. And Who fucking cares? This, this whole protectionist fucking attitude to life where it's like someone can't like something if they haven't liked it for fucking 20 years already. Yeah. Like, fuck like, I've watched... Like if NFL. you jump on if you you jump on Manly, fair enough. You're a fucking bandway, bandway, yeah, yeah, bad bandway. Yeah, I, I can't even, I can't even speak. But I can't speak. I can't. I can't speak. I'm that fucking fired up. But it would die. Yeah, you, you. I mean, like if you if you were like a fucking West fan and then you jumped on the doggies after 2004 grand final. I mean, you're a fucking bandwagon and also a shit cunt. But serious, this the whole thing of someone who's not into something and then some event happens that that provides an emotional attachment or a spark that gets them interested in that thing that's a good fucking thing case in point before I met you yeah had no fucking interest in UFC could barely fucking watch it yeah I did not know that but yeah you introduced me to it yeah I fucking love it yeah I love it now you fucking bandwagon you can't exactly. I've been fucking watching pirated fucking exactly. tapes on VHS and from all, fucking no holds barred events in Russia from 1993 you. But would you, the UFC have become the fucking global phenomenon that it is today if without just, me no without, <laughs> if it just fucking latched onto those people that watched it from UFC 1 yeah fuck yeah. you <laughs> fuck all those types of people I've been had an interest in the NFL and and general American sports predominantly the NBA but also the NFL and and to a lesser extent 
baseball, although I caught two baseball games when I was over there, and it's it's a much fucking a huge experience to watch live. Yeah. But um, I've always watched. I remember watching the NFL when it was on Channel Two when Don Lane hosted it. Yeah. That's man. That, that's when you most know, people got into it. With American sport, that's when I certainly I, became well into it. I must well admit, it. I don't. I haven't latched onto teams. I've always followed players, yeah. especially with the basketball. Yeah. Um. I always found the fact that players got traded and and left teams yeah. willy nilly a lot of the time. I found that really hard to to follow because I was a West Magpies fan, and it was very rare that any player was good enough to be able to go anywhere else. <laughs> 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 and um. Or maybe I was indoctrinated by that, but. I've always had an interest, and, yeah. I, and when I was a kid, I was, I was very, very into it, and I was, I was probably inclined towards the the Philadelphia Eagles back in the day, yeah, and the Boston Celtics in the NBA. But as I got older, I I just enjoyed watching the fucking sport, and as I've got older, I haven't had as much time. But yeah. I'm taking an interest in Jared Hayne because it's a fucking fantastic story, and people can call me a bandwagon or all people they like. But that. if he makes that fucking squad. I'll be buying a Jared Hayne jersey, and Jackson's already fucking put his order in for one too. So, look, people have their reason. Pe- people, everyone has their reason for getting interested in anything in life. No one comes out fucking programmed to predisposed to fucking be liking something. Exactly. I mean, I've been following NFL for fucking like, geez, must be like twenty five years plus. But the reason I picked my team is it was completely fucking arbitrary. I was into fucking hip-hop at the time, massively. Um, NWA were hitting everything. Every cunt was rocking fucking Compton stuff. And then, secondarily, LA Raiders stuff. And I wanted a black cap, and I didn't want to fucking have a Raiders cap, because every other cunt had a Raiders cap. And, you know, I'm a contrary person, and don't like to be the same as anyone else. And so, I was went to the, the hat shop in the My Centre, in the bottom floor of the My Centre. Just as you walked in past that McDonald's on that corner of Elizabeth Street and Albert Street, you walked in on the left, about three shops down, there was a hat shop, a little, little hole in the wall that just had walls of hats from, you know, the professional sports teams from the States. And so, I'm looking at it and I go, bam, I'll get that Falcons hat, silver, red and black. That was my team. Stuck with it. I mean, it helped that you know they had some spectacular guys like you know Dion Sanders was fucking smashing it. You know, not you know shortly after that or you know around that kind of era. Um, they were never a good team. <laughs> they've never they've been good. You know, maybe two years in the entire time I followed them. But you know, then I got the principles. I stick with them. I pick and stick. I'm never going to change. Yeah. And, uh, even though I've never been to Atlanta, I mean, you know, will I ever get there? You know, hopefully. But. Um, yeah, everyone has their reasons to fucking get into a sport. And I think that NFL becoming a sport of more interest in Australia, I think that's a fucking fantastic thing because it means, well, you know, more things happen that benefit me. Maybe we get some teams have an exhibition game over here or something like that. They go to London a couple of times a year. Mm. Why not come down here and have an exhibition game? They have been game? here before too and had well, exhibition I mean, games. Oh, they actually have like regular season games mm. like in London, like yeah. through the middle of the year. So um, actual four real points. That would be fucking fantastic to get a real NRL, uh, real NFL game here. If the Niners, <coughs> if if the Forty Niners came and played in Sydney or something, I'd fucking take Jackson to it. Yeah, I'd fucking go to it if, if my team wouldn't know if my team was there. I'd go anyway, and just because fuck, yeah, well, wouldn't you? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not an easy thing to get the games because <laughs> they're all in the states mostly. Mm. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> you know anything, anything. I think that you know that. You know, improves improves the visibility of sport over here is great. Anything that improves the visibility of Australian athletes over there is great. And <clears throat> to continue on there, I mean, Colin Colin Scotts has been has been making a bit of noise 
you know, he's because he's kind of like the Australian guy over there, sort of thing. So he's been, um, you know, dial quoting through his whole process. But uh, he's saying that he's been scouting players and um, players that he that he's uh, on his hit list that he'll share with US talent scouts. Uh, people like Greg Inglis, Jason Tamalolo, Tuvasa Shek, Jack Whiten, Sammy Radradra, of course, Sam Cassiano. He's got the size, but I'm not sure if he's got this athleticism that the big guys have over there. I don't there. think he has the ankles. Yeah. Uh, Dave Taylor. I just don't think he's got the fucking gumption to do anything. Uh, George Burgess, uh, Letters, Papali, James Roberts, and Jared Croker, who has the best goal-kicking percentage in the NRL. I don't, Jared Croker, I don't know. I mean, you know, Friday Night Lights, glare going off the tears. Fuck. <coughs> His goal-kicking percentage, it's a different you know what if you want to talk about kicking what about someone like fucking Paddy Richards who's at the end of his career well, someone was saying that to me just the other weekend was saying the fuck's Pat Richards going to back to France for why the fuck isn't someone putting him forward as a punter because he can he can fucking bomb it like a fucking AFL player man so that game can, against the Raiders yeah the Tigers were struggling to get out of their own fucking 10 I think they made it 15 metres out from their own line in a complete set. Pat Richards come in, got into a fucking deep position around the try line and kicked the absolute fucking piss out of the ball over 70-odd metres on the fly. Yeah. Like a massive torp with defence running at him. Yeah. You know, and no no fucking offensive line fucking protecting him. Yeah. And booted the fucking piss out of it. Yeah. Like... Exactly. I mean, this, uh, this is, he's, he'd be fucking phenomenal. Not to mention, I mean, if he, I mean, they're very structured in the way that they do their the kicking over in the NFL. But imagine if he you know, could put some of his fucking oh. weirdness on it as well, you know, and come up with a situation where it's breaking away from players and, you know, all that sort of shit. You know, he'd be invaluable in like an onside kicking situation, which is something that comes up a lot in the NFL. Mm. So. Plus, he'd be the guy if there's a, if you know there was a, a block punt or something like that. I mean, yeah. or, or a guy broke away on the return, he could actually go and put a hit on the guy and exactly. you know, try and take him out. Look, I mean, if if no one else from Australia ever fucking happened to, ma- or certainly from rugby league ever happened to make it, the Jared Haynes story is is phenomenal. And any anyone that is just poo pooing it for the sake of it is a miserable cunt. Yep, agree, agree. And 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 and, and they're, they're a miserable cunt, but they're also they're either a miserable cunt or they're like that that mindset that like I've got to be the guy that knows more about that thing, that yeah. that niche thing than anyone else, and and I see that personality trait in MMA people all the fucking time, but generally rugby league is a little bit more inclusive, which is why we've got such a great community around the show, but you still get the ones like this is not rugby league story, this is an NFL story, mm. so they go like oh yeah. You're saying that because you don't know me there, but that's the fucking NFL. You can't know who you are and fucking be ashamed because you should be. I mean, fucking get behind this little Aussie battle. Like he's fucking doing it. Apparently, we're loudmouth now, Alls. Yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. We're not that loud, but yeah, we do fucking you know. Are. We do know everything. I'm just a little, little flower. <laughs> Spent way more time on that story than I expected to. Just quite Yeah, oh, look, it's a fucking um, big story. I love it. This one escaped us. It probably didn't come to light until uh, after we recorded the show, but uh, or at least become, you know, I guess pu- well, it wasn't public, but, you know, public notice. But um, Steve Clark was the first referee to officiate in 600 games um, as of the, the Doggies game on Sunday afternoon in Gosford. Um, 
In a career spanning 314 matches and on-field referee and 285 in the video ref box, uh, he's seen it all, and he's uh, had some classic controversies, such as in uh, 1998 in the semi-final where the doggies beat uh, the Dragons. He had a bucket of spit hurled at him. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's had uh, the, he was involved in the How hand of God. How did he come up with a bucket of spit? Yeah, so I think that might have been flowery, flowery uh, embellishment. You know what I mean? Like he must have had a lot, a lot. Let's say. Yeah. But he was also um, he was also had the uh, the the hand of God decision with Kieran Foran in two thousand ten, which is uh, sensational, and uh, <laughs> and. Um, he said uh, on, on his 600th match, he said, I always tell the, young, the younger generation of referees coming through that if you're getting into the game to be popular, refereeing is not a popularity contest. <laughs> you, need Fucking to, duh. you need to have a little bit of ego and very thick hide to be a good referee. You can never let your ego get in the way of the job and you need to be prepared to take a few hits along the way. I remember when Todd Greenberg first came in the NRL, he talked about trying to change the culture of the way referees are treated. He wanted to show that the role of the referee needs to be respected. No one's perfect. Everyone's going to make mistakes from time to time, but we need to remember referees play a very important role. The stance the game's taken is a good thing. Whatever happens at NRL level then flows onto the lower levels of the game. At grassroots footy, it's all about the volunteers. That's what's good about the, what the NRL's doing. They're trying to change the culture. While it's not always palatable for everyone, to get a little bit of short-term pain for some long-term game is a good thing for the sport. Now, he clearly hasn't been on Twitter ever <laughs> in his entire fucking life. What cultural change is... I'm not even that sure what Todd Greenberg's doing. But if he's doing anything at all, it's not fucking working. <laughs> and just, and, that, and that was just there to illustrate that Steve Clark is totally out of touch with the game and, and needs to get the fuck out. <laughs> fuck. I mean, like, look, massive, ma- you know, massive respect to, to someone who's, you know, he's put in a lot of time. Absolutely. But he's made some fucking clangers, and um, he has. And, and that comment about the the change in the culture, since fucking, it just seems out of touch. It does a little bit. I'd like the I'd like the culture around referees to be. I'd, I'd, I would like them to be more respected, but <laughs> while they keep making monumental fuck ups, I don't think that's going to change. And and I don't know whether it's the you know we've probably spoken about this before, but I don't know whether it's the the scrutiny, increased scrutiny, or the uh, you know the way that commentators, I mean the way commentators frame things is very influential on the way that you know the, the public conversation goes Absolutely. about things as well. I don't know if it's that. I don't know what it is, but it only appears to be getting worse. So I just I don't think the the guys out in the middle, it, they're fucked. They get let down. Like some of the criteria that they have to follow with having a decision on something and sending it upstairs and then the clangers that come from the video refs box. Yeah. And and yes, on field they do miss things. It it's it's a fucking hard job yeah. to call shit like that on the run and I know they're professionals and they should be um you know, should seemingly a lot better at, at at the way they do it. But um look, it's easy to fucking hate on a referee. Sometimes you need to be uh, a little bit more conscious of your team's performance and and not blame uh, every last indiscretion of a referee because it comes down to human error. Unless you're having everything <coughs> video reviewed and you're going to have to take the hits that come with that, with the the delays in the game and and things being overturned, you know, by the time someone video reviews the video, and that's a lot of disruption to a game that thrives on on the flow. Mm-hmm. Yep. It can be done, but 
it's gonna the game's gonna be held up and it is gonna be a little bit like NFL from time to time. Yep. Where it fucking stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Yep. If you want perfection, you have to make sacrifices to the flow of the game. Yep. In my opinion. Which they which is, you know, it's a battle that they don't want to concede anything to fly. Everything they do is to speed up the flow. Sure. So Exactly. Yeah. Um and I think the more they speed the game up, unfortunately, I think the more <laughs> I think the bunker idea I think the bunker idea gives consistency with the video ref decisions for the decisions where the gameplay stopped I mean it doesn't improve things where there's you know fuck ups on the fly obviously exactly. but um, you know I think I think people would be happy just if the video referees didn't make decisions that seem to be at the odds of everybody watching the game including yep. the commentary team yep. and the commentary team they blow up when they're like what the fuck was that decision you know and then that just fuels the people who thought, you know, disagreed in the first place. Yeah. And so on and so on and so on. Uh, Penrith prop Nigel Plum has announced his immediate retirement from the NRL after repeated concussions. It was a conversation he couldn't remember having with his wife that first prompted uh, him to consider hanging up the boots. But in the end, it was a slight knock from a teammate on Friday that forced the NRL's feared hitman to immediately retire after Saturday's 24-10 win over the Warriors. Having competed in, uh, completed his 150th and final NRL match, he broke down with family before informing his teammates in the sheds that he was giving the game up due to repeated concussions. He was a 32-year-old's first game back after suffering a sickening head knock against Canberra in round 20 that he rated worse than another brutal blow he copped in Newcastle last season. I just had a few memory issues in the last couple of weeks, Plum said after the game. When I forget, when I forgot them at the time, I remember them now, which is a good thing. I just knew. I remember a conversation I had with my wife now, but I'd forgotten earlier on in the week. It was a conversation I had three weeks ago. Uh, the former Raiders and Rooster uh, said it was... The first time he'd suffered a headache through the night and complained of pressure every time he sneezed or coughed for the following week. I knew it was worse than what had happened before. All I could think about was my family. They come first in my life. During that week, I was really considering not playing again, but after I passed all the tests, it was clear I wanted to play again and I wanted to finish the four games off. Plum had already intended to retire at the end of the season, but a minor knock from a teammate during the captain's run pushed him into pulling up stumps after the match. It wasn't much at all. It was a little tap, and it stung me for about five seconds. I was sweet from it, but it made me realise that, that what could happen in the game was a hell of a lot worse than what could happen in there. While it was repeated concussion that brought a premature end to his career, he said the game made great strides in protecting its players from suffering severe head knocks. What the NRL is doing is fantastic. They've made some great steps forward in player welfare, and having a few head knocks myself, I'm really happy about it. Obviously, it's only going to get better because they're doing some great things. Fantastic warrior for the game. Um, Big hitter. Huge Monster hitter. hitter. Um, one of those guys that wasn't blessed with phenomenal amounts of, of athlete, natural athletic ability, but no. just fucking worked hard yep. and, and carved a niche for himself in the sport and, yep. and, a, and a nice career. Um, and a nice bloke, too. Yep. Um, and it's, it's sad that his career, albeit four games or whatever it was going to be had to be cut, cut a little bit shorter than what he was planning he deserved to go out his way and on his terms but um, he's taken a smart approach yeah and you know if he's if he had decided you know to play on and, and then cops a high shot and, and it's another long term concussion issue yep you know in, in five ten years time what effect is that going to have on the bloke exactly smart smart move um not enough players think along those lines. I think it is becoming far more um, pre- prevalent in the yep. in the rugby league consciousness yep. as far as uh, player welfare and and concussions and and the effects that they can have, you know, long term after football. Yep. Um, players have to be smart about it, and the game is getting smarter about it. There's some work to be done there. 
uh, they're certainly um, taking a lot of steps in the right direction uh, to improve it and uh, unfortunately Nigel Plum you know that there's, there's going to be some effects there. Yeah. He's had a lot of concussions, a lot yeah. of hard hits, even, you know, not even resulting in concussion. The yeah. amount, the probably, way like, probably, probably too late for him to actually benefit from the changes. Mm. But, you know, hopefully... You know, the next two, three generations of players... And hopefully um, you can inspire players to actually, you know, think of their, their health and, and not, you know, take it to the extent of like a Liam Fulton, mm. who, you know, who's, who's probably went too far, yeah. potentially. Exactly. Um, and, you know... Like, you know, we won't know what's going to happen with him, you know, for years down the track. So, look, you know, best of luck to him in the future. Um, hopefully, he's got himself sorted out, um, you know, financially and uh, yeah, or with, a, you know, a career to go on with afterwards. And I imagine if he was prepared to retire at the end of the season, he probably would have that sort of stuff lined up anyway. But, um, you know, it's, it's always sad to see a player go out to to injury, you know, especially this kind of injury. But credit to him that he actually, you know, saw the writing on the wall and um, was proactive about it sure. for his future and his family. Shoulder charge. Rugby League officially went into meltdown mode on Monday afternoon when the match review committee released its charge sheet for the weekend's games. Six NRL players have been hit with shoulder charge infractions with an additional two in under-20s after the NRL, NRL clarified the controversial rule a week ago. The players charged, Aiden Guerra, Jordan Rapana, Jorge Tafua, Lachlan Burr, Luke Curie and Isaac Luke. It is believed to be one of the biggest crackdowns in rugby league history, and many people people believe the rule should not have been changed mid-season. In attempting to completely eradicate the shoulder charge from rugby league, the match review committee has applied a blanket rule to every player seen blocking or hitting another player in defence without attempting to wrap their arms, as the new rule states. But it seems the message is taking longer to sink in than expected, with several of the charges coming from innocuous hits that went unnoticed by the referees, touch judges, or broadcast commentators. The penalties have attracted a base penalty of 200 points for each charge, which roughly equates to a two-week suspension depending on prior incidents and loading. The debate has caused a split in the rugby league community, with the camps either staunch supporters of the shoulder charge ban or adamant the game's gone soft. Uh, a point for the case of those who believe the charges are not consistent is that Gold Coast forward Ignatius Parsi has been hit with a dangerous contact charge for attacking Bulldogs fullback Brett Morris while in the air, but the penalty is only 100 points, and with an early guilty plea, he will not miss a game. Morris was flipped and fell from a height onto his back at Central Coast Stadium on Sunday. It's generally agreed that hitting a player's legs in the air is far more dangerous than a shoulder charge and should warrant a send-off. So Isaac Luke, he's gone not guilty. He'll face the judiciary um, and challenge the rule. However, he did plead guilty to a dangerous throw from the same match, so he's going to miss a week anyway. Uh, Kiri's taken the early guilty plea on his charge. He'll miss uh, the clash with the Bulldogs on Friday. Uh, Jorge and, uh, and Guerra, they're going to fight the charge. So what this will do is give us a... A clearer definition, I think, on what's acceptable and what's not. I think Defoe's one. To be fair, it was a fucking reflex action. It was. Like, he didn't have time to. Laughable. Yeah, he he didn't really have time. It all happened. So almost simultaneously. So, yeah, like he was so quickly. He's oh, barreling in looking for the ball. Yeah. Because uh, you know, like there was three guys chasing him on the ball because you know a try was on, and um, Whiten's got the ball. And he's sort of he's picked up the ball and turned, and, uh, you know, and simultaneously, Jorge's just kind of like it's just a collision, it's a collision sport. But it was a, it wasn't like a collision he initiated or anything. Mm. It was just that's the direction where White was going, and that's the, the the same patch of grass as where he he was as well. He's pulled up and just basically tried to shield himself from getting slammed, and <laughs> your ch- penalty. And that was actually the fucking that was actually a turning point of the game too, mm. you know. But we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think the shoulder charge, you know, they've taken steps to, to get it out of the game. And, um, 
you know, it's in the interests of player welfare and it's, it's in the interests of future litigation for the NRL, yeah. let's, let's be honest. But um, I think you have to look at each incident on a case-by-case basis and um, I, I think Tafil's one is, is a classic example of um, something that they would look at and go, well, it's, it is a collision sport, that's a reflex action. Uh, Luke Keery's one, on the other hand. Yeah. That's fucking child charge. Yeah, and, he's, and, he, and, he, and he took the early, early guilty plea, so you know that he knew that as well. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, the, this is the thing. I, I, th- I 100% support the, the the banning of the shoulder charge. I didn't initially, like, you know, years ago when they first started talking about it, but I uh, fully support it now. And, um, for, uh, you know, I support the change that they made, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even though, you know, it's, it hasn't benefited my team at all. Um I mean, even Willie Mason, I mean, he, even he was kind of pulled up and defending himself against Thomas Burgess, and he got two weeks for that. So, yep. look, I wonder if they're just going to be like, fuck you all, you're all, you're all banned. Don't ever, ever touch anybody with your shoulder, accidentally or not, if your fucking upper arm is locked side, sideways yep. position to your body. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, when you go to brace yourself against a collision, what are you going to do? Your arms are locked aside of your body mm. because you've usually got your, your arms crossed in front of you. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it, it's, you know, I mean, there's got to be a bit more fucking common sense applied. But look, and look, I don't have the, I don't have the, the greatest hope that Tafu is going to get off. But I think it's, it's a credit to the club that they're actually fighting it because I think the N- the NRL as a whole, I think all the clubs need some fucking certainty on what people are going to get in trouble with and what they aren't going to get in trouble with. And so, you know, he may go down in flames, but it, 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 you know, he's going to provide some more clarity to every other club is, is what to what's allowable um just some quick stuff Zane Tedovano he uh on appeal had his sentence of I believe around 18 months reduced to zero for um he pleaded guilty to I think it was five charges perhaps of bashing his missus the the quotes here this is not going to be a redemption story because uh, as you'll see he has no interest in rugby league but um I'll just read out. Uh, During the appeal, Dr. Tilda Koshaba, the Rugby League Players Association General Manager of Player player Engagement and Development, uh, told the court Ted Ivano had no interest in playing rugby league or reconnecting with the drinking culture associated with the sport. Alcohol and rugby league pretty much go hand in hand. And for Zane, rugby league was a negative, not a positive, because he tried to use it to mask some of the issues he was facing. The environment wasn't a positive environment for him, and it's not something he wants to go back back to. So... Apparently he's uh, living quietly, working sixty hours a week, making furniture in his spare time. Well, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of like it's not an enforced thing because he's got no interest in retaining the rugby league. But uh, the reason what was why, his the, defense if he had his the, he, the reason for the appeal um, against the sentence was uh, he's been working with young players and he's submitted to all you know, rehabilitation programs and like, and they basically said like, you know, give it, you know, putting him in jail for, for 18 months is, you know, something you know, to protect the community where, but if we put him in jail for, you know, months, it would set back all the, the good work, you know, the, the progress since the, since it happened. So it's better for the community on the balance of things if they let him, you know, rather than throw him into jail and perhaps. Well, you know. again, that's, that's for the courts to decide and he's, yep. he's obviously faced a, a judicial process, but um, you know he's he's relinquished his, his right to play professional rugby league, and we we just discussed that earlier. And um, it's I guess sometimes it, it is disappointing when you see 
such deplorable acts um, receive next to zero punishment. And I guess time will tell whether <coughs> his uh, his new lease on life uh, does have a positive effect and, and a long-term change in his mindset. But again, like I said, you can never take away the fact that he did what he did. And he doesn't deserve to be wholly and solely forgiven for that. No. Uh, by the community or by the people, you know, upon which his crimes were perpetrated. Um, you know, he can spend his whole life trying to to make it right. And, yep. and you know, credit, he should get credit where it's due for that. Yep. Um, but you, you can't just wash away you can do fucking live like a monk for the rest of your life but it doesn't change what you did and this is the thing it's it's not about redemption it's about um you know he's trying to to bring some positive uh karma towards a a, a fucked up situation that he's created and no one else has created for him and um i guess that is the sort of thing we've discussed it before you know with rugby league players just coming in and being a redemption story because they're playing rugby league again well where's the Where's the programs that they're be, they're they're a part of? Where's the you know the the, the women's shelters that they're volunteering yeah. for? Well, tell tell me about the victim. What that? What, what, how how's their life? Mm. Oh, what nothing? Nothing's changed there. Yeah. Well, um, it's it, it's all too easy to say. Well, this guy made it back onto the paddock. Well, he made it on the paddock because of his athletic ability, not because of the type of fucking person he is as a human being. And there's a vast difference in that. Exactly. And, and I think that if you're truly going to redeem yourself in any way, shape, or form, and I don't, as I said before, I don't think you can ever truly be redeemed um, from those sorts of act. But if you're going to get anywhere towards um, s- some positive reinforcement and, and trying to undo the fucking horrible wrongs that you've done, there's got to be more involved and, and some really hard life lessons that you're going to learn along the way about, you know, dealing with with you know abused women and dealing with um you know victims of rape and 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 things like that if that's that's what you've done then that's what that's how you go some way towards trying to make up for it yep um and it just fucking training hard and and being able being athletically gifted being fast and strong and yeah yeah that that doesn't cut it for mine now um another one uh just quickly um Nathan Peets out for the season with a broken neck. Uh, played 34 minutes with the break on the weekend. This is in direct contrast <laughs> to the Nigel Plum story. Yeah. Um, he had to have been in pain. Yep, yep. And You'd it's your so. neck. Yep. He's fucking lucky, man. Is it? It's just well, not he, something that you risk. That you risk. <laughs> But this is the thing, he's like, oh, you know, I just got a sword, you know, you, you get bumps and bruises, probably get stingers, and, you know, you yeah. get crushed, you know, you think, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> until you find out. I guess, he, oh, I guess you know, that would have been fairly confronting when you got the results of, of whatever scans or x-rays he had. Well, your, br- your brain couldn't help but go to all the what-ifs, mm-hmm. you know, scenarios, like, fucking, what if I had been hit, you know, in, you know, again, like, then you're talking about spinal cord damage, and then, you know, you fucking share. Yeah. Very, very fucking lucky. That dude's had some... Ter- I mean, like, he's very, very, very lucky, and that's saying something for a guy who's one of the unluckiest guys over the last two, three sure. years with injury. Um, well, I mean, he, that that kid could be a fucking solid representative player, if not for his injuries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
he he could have played game three this year in Origin. Sure. You know, had he not, you know, had so much... And deservedly so, because his form when he has been on the field has been fucking outstanding. And yeah, yeah. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I just... Look, I want to say he's a better man than me for just going, yeah, okay, I'll get it fixed and I'll play rugby league again. If that was me, good luck getting me anywhere near rugby league field again. <laughs> now, finally, this one's only just sort of come to light this afternoon, so um, I didn't have it on my notes, but we'll go to it anyway. We had the big. We talked about the rights deals last week and the, and the coup that the NRL got in terms of the money from Channel Nine for the um, free-to-air rights. Foxtel, we've been waiting to see what happens with the pay TV rights, and Foxtel did a deal today with uh, AFL. And um, don't need to worry about the numbers and wait around it. But just the, the most interesting thing is uh, Rupert Murdoch has come out and said that. Uh, We've always preferred Aussie rules and we've always believed this is the premium code in Australia and added that he would not personally take part in the NRL talks. I guess we'll engage with the NRL in time. <laughs> so, so, what he's saying, like, this, it's brinksmanship in a business sense where he's trying to sort of act like NRL is nothing, is nothing to Foxtel and the NRL has to, you know, toe their line if they want to fucking, you know, get them on board for the Look, next... at the end of the day, <clears throat> I, I personally find uh, Rupert Murdoch, based on his, his persona and certain uh, stories that have been writ- written about him over time and and um, and certainly some of the things that he's put on his own social media accounts, um, he uh, he seems to be a repugnant human being. Oh, and, he's and, an utter and, shit cunt. And and the, no matter the amount of money that you might have um, access to and, and have in your bank balance, um, it doesn't make you a good person, clearly. But one thing that motherfucker is is a fucking shrewd businessman, mm. and that's a that's a business play every day of the week. Problem it's is, it's a, problem is, it's the most transparent and dumb fucking <laughs> business play ever because he's not operating from a position of any strength. If he thinks for one fucking minute that Foxtel would survive as a viable business without NRL, he's fucking delusional. 75% of their top-rated programs are, NF- are NRL. You remove that. I mean, Foxtel is the reason the, fu- the fucking Super League war happened. Sure. I mean, the fact that he wanted to, co- you know, to, to, co- to prop up Foxtel or to launch Foxtel, you know, with a subscriber base being what he deemed to be, you know, apparently, the second best... <laughs> premium code in the, in, the in, in in Australia there's no it's rival a, AFL comp <laughs> yeah and I mean you no know, one cared enough Optus Vision didn't give a fuck about the AFL either the fact of the matter is that um, you know there was a, a lot of bullshit Foxtel went through to get Rugby League and Rugby League is propping them up as a subscriber base so if they don't want to fucking go the way of you know other fa- or, you know, like your Optus Visions and so forth then He's going to have to pay, and he's not in any position of power at all because he's you know, not. What? And I think the NRL know that there. There's some some pretty shrewd power brokers on the NRL side of the fence as well, um, and Murdoch and and his uh, power brokers are, are, are equally so. He's um, he's a guy that thinks he can say whatever the fuck he wants in yep. whatever forum he sits yep. in, whether it be you know British Parliament trying to fucking defend himself. Yep. Um, you know, or whatever it was, a fucking commission that he was involved in. Um, 
be it on social media, commenting on uh, on on this Sydney uh, terrorist attack. Yep. Um, with, Australian politics in general. Yeah, Australian politics exactly. He's a, he's one of those blokes that thinks he's he's come far enough uh, and, and he's high enough on the on the on in the pecking order of life that he can comment on whatever the fuck he wants to. Um, this particular comment was was playing specifically to his business interests and and trying to put himself on a into a position of power by um, by basically diminishing his uh, you know you know attempting to to show that his his interest is diminished. Yeah. yeah. Um, when as you say, then the position of power is definitely with the NRL because they they bring the fucking ratings and the ratings bring the dollars. Yep. And go all in on the AFL. Fucking see how long it lasts. Yeah, good see luck. See how long with you deserve. Because like, I can tell you, I'd fuck Fox off in a second. I, I just had a conversation with Nicklin this week. I was like, well, do we really need it? At the end of the day, with Netflix here now, yep. you can get the NRL stuff from, from you know, the NRL digital pass or whatever the fuck yeah. it is I mean that, that, that you, you, you can't do that on TV at the moment yeah but <clears throat> but yeah it's yeah. um it is what it is and it'll be an interesting negotiation from there but um I suspect that whoever it's probably not going to be Rupert but whoever does come out and have to comment on whatever deal they do strike with the NRL is probably going to have some more positive things to say about the sport Okay, Twill Nation, you know the story. Audible offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to keep you the chance to check out their service free. And if you like it, keep on rolling. If you don't, cancel the account anytime. This week, I'm, I'm struggling with the recommendations because I've got so many books I love and sometimes it's hard to find them on Audible. So, or that, you know, they're, they're not interesting to me as far as, as far as the narrator and things like that. However, got one for you this week. The Strain by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan. It's a TV program at the moment, just into season two. Uh, what well, this week I think was season two, episode six. So it's well established. By all means, watch the show. It's trashy, but it's like it's watchable trashy, like it's entertaining trashy. Um, you know what you're getting when you get into it, and you know it's fun. But this is the the, the books that the TV series is based upon. And I'll give you the breakdown of what it's about. And if it sounds like something is your thing, then fucking by all means, go to audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league and uh, sign up and grab it for free. Here's the synopsis. They've always been here. Vampires. In secret and in darkness waiting. Now their time has come. In one week, Manhattan will be gone. In one month, the country. In two months, the world. A Boeing 777 arrives at JFK and is on its way across the tarmac when suddenly it stops dead. All window shades are pulled down, all lights are out, all communication channels have gone quiet. Crews on the ground are lost for answers, but an alert goes out to the CDC. Dr. F. Goodweather, head of their Canary Project, a rapid response team that investigates biological threats, gets the call and boards the plane, and what he finds makes his blood run cold. In a pawn shop in Spanish Harlem, a former professor and survivor of the Holocaust named Abraham Satrakian knows something's happening and he knows the time's come and that a war is brewing. So begins a battle of mammoth proportions as the vampiric virus that has infected New York begins to spill out into the streets. F, who's joined by Satrakian and a motley crew of fighters, must now find a way to stop the contagion and save the city, a city that includes his wife and son before it's too late. Dun, dun, dun. And yeah... 
So look, I recommend the TV show and the book. And the best thing about the book and the reason why I actually put it down for a bit of a recommendation this week is because it's narrated by Ron Perlman. And like, if you're going to be into this 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 book, you know who Ron Perlman is. So um, fucking get in there. AudibleTrial.com forward slash This Week in League. Oh, Thank I probably you. wouldn't. I probably wouldn't get that one. Yeah, bit It'd scary be a bit for scary you. Scary for me. Yeah, I could probably pull out, pull up an episode and show you. Uh, show you. I don't think you should do that. <clears throat> it's pretty freaky, like the TV show with the vampires. They kind of um, the, the the reason why it's interesting, the it caught my interest is because, and the, the, yeah, the the audio book will have this aspect as well. Is the story they kind of approach the vampire thing as it's from like a CDC, like a, a disease control guy's perspective where he's trying to defeat it or trying to figure out what's happening you know from a biological standpoint not believing that you know like not knowing about what it actually really is and um but yeah with it's freaking the show that the vampires when they 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 don't just it's not like you know like a nosferatu thing where they just come and bite you it's like they've actually got a like a tube sort of in their mouth it's like they just shoot it out like they can shoot it out like you know three or four meters like you know, and, and hit you and bite you with it, and then you get these. Then when you get bit, you get these like little, like little tapeworms. Like if you put like a UV light on someone, you can see they've got all these little tapeworms like under their skin, as they like they're, as they're infected. So, so it's pretty fucked up. Just <laughs> fucking crossed. Strong recommendation. Recaps of round 23 of the 2015 National Rugby League Telstra Premiership. And uh, we kicked off Thursday night up there at 1300 Teeth where the South Sydney Rabbitohs 31 defeated North Queensland Cowboys 18. The Rabbitohs 31 points came from tries to Greg Inglis, Tom Burgess, Jason Clark, Alex Johnson, Dylan Walker, uh, field goal to Adam Reynolds and five conversions from five attempts for Adam Reynolds. The Cowboys 18 came from tries to Justin O'Neill, Lachlan Coote, Michael Morgan, Thurston, three of three conversions. Some danger signs for the Cowboys. I think the Rabbitohs were, were still a ways off their best, but handled the Cowboys pretty easily at what is becoming the business end of the season and, and at Cowboys' home ground as well, which is um, you, you know has been a bit of a fortress for them. But um, you know those, all those wins in a row that they had are, are a little little bit in the background at the moment, and, and it's pretty obvious they can't win the comp without JT, but I think um, Morgan might be almost as important to their chances of taking out the Premiership um, Sands conspiracy theories. Um, but they've got some work. I think the Rabbitohs exposed the Cowboys a little bit, um, and and I don't think the Rabbitohs were, were scintillating by any stretch of the imagination. No, I think it's more the Cowboys have just, have just become remarkably soft in the centre. Mm. They scored uh, some pretty soft tries there. Um, English scored a brilliant try, but there was some pretty soft defence in that too. Um, and, and I think the Bunnies are just rolling along at the moment. This was a, you know, the, the first uh, first period of this game was a real finals-type intensity, and they, they performed as you'd expect the Premiers to. Uh, you can't say that for, for some of their performances um, since the early stages of the season, really. Um, they, you know, they started out with a bit of a bang, then fell into a lull, and and maybe they're they're just tapering now for for their premiership defence. But uh, the Cowboys, some work to be done. A lot of work to be done. 
Uh, R-Pops. I'm not claiming ref's fault and certainly not conspiracy, but I honestly thought the refs missed slash made some bad calls tonight. It's like saying I'm not racist, but... (laughs) (laughs) At Swarzy. I don't know if we've seen Swarzy before, have we? S-W-A-R-Z-E-Y. Get around him on Twitter. It amazes me the club who thinks that the pride of the league can show zero class by playing Turner, Avar and Carter. Look, Turner, there does seem to be like a a lack of duty of care to a player who's fucking scrambled mm. mentally. Um, you know, he's the next Nigel Plum except a far earlier stage of his career. Sure. So, I mean, that that guy has some serious monitoring to be done to see, how, you know, if he if he can continue in the game. And I think that, you know, the club does have a duty to make, you know, there's, there's probably some base concussion protocol that someone can pass to be deemed okay to play. Yeah. But you've got to go past that and look at the guy, you know, and see, you know, are they really... You know, will they be okay? And I guess you know, that that'll come out and wash. And uh, I've uh, well, less said about that. You know, wife being cut the better. I mean, the latest redemption story sensation. Carter, what did he get? He got sacked from the Titans. Was it drunk driving or just drunk and shit? I think it was drunk driving. Yeah. So that's not cool either, dude. But um, you know, that's something that you can pull out. You know, you can you can recover from that. In my opinion, mm. uh, you know, if if you're lucky enough by sheer fucking luck that you don't do something stupid like kill somebody while you're doing it, you know? Um, I'm not saying I, I, I do not approve of drunk driving at all. No. But it's like, it's... Uh, Look, when yeah. you compare the indiscretions as far as, you know, <coughs> yeah. Harvard or, or, or Ferguson or Louis compared to Carter, then, you know, Carter's a fucking gronk and should have known better and, and should have behaved in a, in a more mature manner. Um, but I, I think that type of indiscretion, not to diminish it for any in any way, shape, or form, but um, you, you can come back from that. Yeah. Andy Kintz, the NRL made the Cowboys win all those games during the season so they could be crushed now. Ash Cowspiracy. <laughs> Shane Aaron Elvis, great to watch South play with a bit of intensity. Very happy bunny tonight. Wally Frogmore, Cows team showing why they aren't a team that can progress <laughs> in the finals. They crumble, crumble under pressure easier than Shunter's ankle. Oh. And uh, Voodoo Rock, what's the conspiracy tonight? Did Kyrgios sledge the Cowboys today? <laughs> Ash, crimey river. <laughs> that Kyrgios thing was fucking... Well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a tennis fan, but I thought it was fucking phenomenal. I hated him, but I'll tell you what, now, I'm a fan. Oh, look, I think he's a tool, but not because of that comment. If he was white and played cricket, he'd be Australian captain by now. Oh, I, I think that... The general consensus around, I mean, again, I think Tommy's a tool too, but no. I think we'd be very surprised if uh, Tomic or Kyrgios had uh, had a couple of major tournament victories to their name. Yeah. That we'd be getting a very, very different spin yeah. on that story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because the general consensus at the moment is you haven't won shit, you haven't proven anything, just so shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Um, However, so, however, that's like that. <laughs> you change the sport, and that quality would be rewarded. Prize fighting. Oh, any combat sport. Absolutely. Done nothing. You know, you know, people have been gobbing off before they've done anything. Oh, you know, absolutely. But you know, it's generally an Australian Australian way. But yeah. you know, the, the captain of the Australian, Glenn McGrath, <laughs> you know, Steve War, fucking those guys. 
Yeah. The shit that they would go on with out in the middle. Oh, Michael make, Clark with a fucking yeah, broken arm yeah. thing. You know, that was not even, you know, would what, a year ago? would make Kyrgios look like a fucking altar boy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the stuff that gets said on a rugby league field, give me a fucking break. You know? <laughs> um, and, you know, I don't know how things are done in Switzerland, but yeah. Stan... Uh, well, he was gobbing off the whole time as well. Like, I mean, he's known for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I it's just because he got got he got got worse. That's like yeah, <laughs> and the fact that he had the mental fucking <laughs> absolute lack of fortitude in the fact that he you know melted down to like you know zero four in the next set and retired hurt in double yeah. quotes fucking that shit just made it more than it even should still had, be, you know? still had enough energy to fucking bail him up in the in the locker room by all reports yeah, yeah by all reports where there's no cameras and everything yeah. and you know where there's like a whole pr- procedure trying to save face you know you want you want me to believe that you fucking put a guy up against the wall when when you fucking mentally shattered and went fucking lost four games on the trot and then retired hurt because you couldn't fucking stay out there any longer with some imaginary injury give me a fucking break like fucking Shunter saying that, like, you know, he goes out at half time and fucking, you know, hits a Zorb, gets his ankle fucking shattered, and then he went out afterwards and ran the fucking London Marathon. Yeah, right. Whilst helicoptering. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night football, Brisbane Broncos 32 defeat the St. George Illawarra Dragons 6. Just on that. Yes. How did I never make the joke about Shunter helicoptering his ankle? He could have. It was fucking snapped clean in two. He could have fucking waggled his fucking foot around. Well, maybe you just didn't want to give him credit for having that kind of length. In his ankle? In his dick. But he's already re- proven to, to, that he's to, to got re- an element to reach, of- to reach down to his ankle and, sh- and shatter his ankle. Yeah. I mean, the man can pull off a windmill, apparently. Not like myself. He's not fucking Peter Dinklage. I mean, like, he's got, like, long legs. <laughs> Maybe we just didn't get shunted drunk enough at El Loco. Maybe that'll change this year. Only a few short months. <laughs> Not even. All right. Um, where was I? Broncos, Suncorp Stadium. Crowd just under 33,500. Their tries came to uh, Kahu, Maranta, Milford. Double the hunt. Copley uh, as well. Corey Parker, three or four conversions. Milford had one as well. And uh, the Dragons. A try to Justin Hunt. And a conversion to Gareth Widdop. I think the Dragons were doomed from the start with fucking... Bellin named it halfback. That is, uh, I mean, you swear, you, you could fucking swear that the coaching director of the St. George Illawarra Dragons for this game was fucking genius. I mean, that makes genius look like like someone fucking good. <laughs> it makes genius look like Wayne fucking Bennett. Um, DeBellin not only did he look like he had a fucking dart hang- hanging out the back of his fucking head with his ridiculous hairdo, the men's played some front row this year if I'm not mistaken quite a bit of front row he's lining up at halfback what a surprise cunt can't kick or pass he's a fucking prop yeah unbelievable what, what are they doing at training that, that made him think yeah fucking let's not bring a kid up who plays that position as his specialty let's instead but <laughs> he's a fucking dude who doesn't even he can't even I think they've been the victim of of and Paul McGregor, um, unfortunately, has fallen victim to uh, having coached Benji Marshall. Um, it's just like selective passing. He can't well, even do selective hairdressing. I saw, you know, he's obviously watched Benji Marshall at training and he, he's, you know, 
he's putting passes over the sideline. He's putting kicks out on the full. Yep. Um, he's watched DeBellin fucking around with the footy. Yep. He's tossing the ball over the sideline and it's skewing the ball off the outside of his boot on the full. He's like, God does the same thing as our fucking halfback. Our <laughs> halfback's injured. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this guy with the same qualities into the halfback position. I'm a fucking coaching genius. He didn't put it over the sideline, though. Sorry? I mean, he, he didn't put one over into the you know, third row. No, I think he kicked it twice, though. Yeah. And each each kick was yeah. more fucking despicable than the last. I mean, he really sh- he really shouldn't have been ever charged with kicking. I mean, if he's filling a warm body role in the, you know, in the back line. I think the kid's got a bit of an ego. And he's like, if he's playing me at halfback, I'm playing like a fucking halfback. Well, you know you're going to see do? the fucking full range kick. of skills that I've got. Halfbacks kick. Halfbacks have got fucking ridiculously fucking out there hairdos. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm a halfback today. Check out my fucking dart head. <laughs> the Broncos forwards just rolled through. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe part of the reason was because the Dragons had a fucking prop forward playing at halfback. Um that gave Milford and Hunt, it's the age-old fucking story, your forwards get lay a platform and mm-hmm. the halves then have the, the time and the space to, room, to to move and the room to burn. End of story, really. That was ultimately how it played out. The, the Broncos played some, some reasonable attacking footy. Um, I've seen them play a lot better this year. Um, I thought Milford was pretty good. He's, he's getting very selective and, and very good at picking his moments in games as to when to inject himself. And he's, he's coming to the realisation, I think, that he's no longer at Canberra and having to fucking try and do everything. He can yep. play second fiddle to Hunt. He can, um, you know, play off the back of, of, you know, what's going on through the middle with Friday and Parker and Blair offloads coming from those guys. Um, yeah, I... Um, I think this game was probably perfect timing for the Broncos after two straight losses to come up against a Dragon side that it, it was was clearly fucking horribly coached and, and void of any real creativity outside of Gareth Widdop. Um And even he had a bit of an off night. I thought they marked up on him pretty well and, and cut time. Given he was the only threat, yeah, threat in the fucking and, side. And they really you know, targeted him and, and cut down his time and space and... and that went a long way to stifling all of the Dragons' attack, given he was the most creative bloke out there for them. Um, a win over that terrible Dragon side doesn't really help the Broncos' finals prep. does give them a bit of confidence to be back in the winner's circle, and, and we'll see how they come out this week. Um, but really, just they just seemed to be in control the whole match, and, and I don't think they were really ever in any danger of, of, of not winning convincingly. Stuart Marler. Now, Glenn, after this game, how good are we going? This, These blokes, these blokes can get fucked. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Starts with De Niro and then it fucking filters down through to the rest of the fucking cesspool inhabitants. Souls 04. This dragon side doesn't deserve to play semi final. I hope they get knocked out, preferably by Canberra, but Manly will do. Wow. Fingers crossed. Benny 27. Remember when the dragons beat the Knights and they were back? Hash funny game rugby league. Hash good times. Cody Girdlestone. We started with good intent, but should have always had Hutchinson out there. DeBellin at 5'8 was a genius move. Indeed it was. Saturday afternoon, the Newcastle Knights 24 defeat the West Tigers 18 in front of a crowd of just under 11,000 out there at Campbelltown. The uh, Knights 24 came from tries to the Uate Parte, a double to Tyrone Roberts. Tyler Randell also with a try. 
Uh, Tyrone Roberts, three or four conversions, and there was a penalty he went to Gidley. Tigers, 18. Trice and Nofaluma. Paddy Richards, hot sauce Tedesco. Paddy Richards, two or three conversions and a penalty goal. <laughs> Go. It's lock like, and load. It's like Loch Ness. Please. Only there's no monster. There's just a pile of gold. There's a pile of gold, Nathan. And then around the pile of gold is an enormous lake that is actually human effluent. <laughs> and some of the gold is floating around. I don't know how gold floats. I don't know how this... I'm not a fucking expert in physics. But just picture this. It's, it's like the tigers are swimming in a, in a giant lake of human effluent. And there's little bits of gold, and they scoop them up, and they put that into their play every once in a while. But ultimately, they're still just waiting about in a pile of fucking shit for 80 minutes a week. <laughs> and sadly, we keep being told by Jason Taylor that the pile of shit's going to be drained away, and we're going to see this magnificent mountain of gold. Yep. And everyone's going to just regale their grandkids of how great the West Tigers are. They're not finding any gold, but but he's they're he's finding di- little he's glimpses them, of gold. Nathan, well, he's giving them the techniques. Them. What, they, what he's doing is he's working on the techniques. It may not find the gold, but one day they'll find the gold with these techniques that he's training them to do. Yes, yes, that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever because I'm so frustrated with this fucking <laughs> cunt of a football team that comes out against the Newcastle Knights. They might be the worst fucking rugby league side that's that's been trotted out in the NRL in the last five fucking years. And that includes teams like the Titans and the fucking... Who else? Who else? Eels. The fucking Eels um, and other night sides. Cronulla. I mean, we've lost to these fucking inherently useless people twice in one fucking season. And this is not how an undefeated season pans out, Nathan. (laughs) These are not the kind of losses that these an undefeated not, season can bear. These are not the kind of losses that we have to have. <laughs> these are the kind of losses that we can't afford to have when we're undefeated. And it's it's very... it's I'd, I'd say it's frustrating, but it's probably gone beyond that. The, the Knights played like a desperate side, and we expected them to, because they're desperate cunts. And they're inherently fucking useless. And they've still been good enough to beat the fucking West Tigers twice. <laughs> In one fucking season, by similar scoreline by times too, wasn't it? And, and and we're getting we're having heroic heroic moments from fucking luminaries like Bo fucking Scott, a try saver, a, a, a try saver where he it was like an anaconda, it was like an octopus falling out of a fucking tree. And there he was, wrapping his legs. Who knew he had that sort of coordination? I didn't. The only people that knew were Parramatta, because they signed him to an $800,000 a year contract. Parramatta have unearthed the fucking star of the future, <laughs> and Bo Scott. And then when Bo Scott had finished with his heroics, another luminary, another fucking champion in the making in Tyrone Roberts. Oh, maybe the Gold Coast have solved their fucking daily cherry Evans problem. Overcoming the adversity of being named Tyrone. And signing with the Titans. And signing with the Gold Coast Titans. Another pack of useless cunts that'll probably beat the West Tigers twice next year. God, for fuck's sake, just end this season now. Can any long-term listeners of the show confirm with me? Because I'm thinking this may be the first time in the history of the show that you've really fucking turned on them. You've been disappointed before. Like I'm not disputing that, but... 
there's always that glimmer of hope in the undefeated, you know, Team of Destiny and so on. You'll take, you'll play that tune all the way to Bali. But this time, this is the first time I think where you. But how do you turn. look? How we're in a. It's a lake. <laughs> it's a lake of shit. Yep. Who's who's putting their hand up to swim down and pull the plug on that? No one. How are we going to do it? <laughs> Even if Taylor puts on the scuba gear, how's he going to see? It just seems hopeless. <sighs> Maybe Jack Littlejohn. It doesn't even make any sense. There's a plug in the bottom of a lake. <laughs> Where does it go? <laughs> Nowhere. There's no way out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, like I was, I was camping on the weekend, and, and, and uh, down Lynch's Creek, there's, it's like. Not, I was camping poor. too, Nathan. You know what I was doing? I was camping in my own lounge room and I was watching James Tedesco in the early stages of that game and I was pitching my own little tent. Yeah. And by the end, it was just this fucking invisible, invisible <laughs> in tent. In the end, it was like <laughs> the rains had come and it was all muddy around my fucking tent. Some invisible tent made of, you know, made of, you know, broken dreams and premiership title aspirations. <laughs> But there's zero, there's zero uh, phone reception, data reception. There was nothing. It was great because you know the phone. I didn't have to you know touch the phone all weekend. It was fantastic. But once I you know hit sort of Bow Desert again and I started getting phone reception, I started looking just to see what's been going on on the weekend. And I see people giving you shit about this game. I'm like, no, they didn't. No, they fuck off. There's no fucking way they actually lost. And the Is any cunts did? They fucking yeah. did. And they were the league of multi fucking they owe me money. They actually owe me money now too, these cunts. And if there's one group of people that that's a bigger pack of useless cunts than the Newcastle Knights themselves, it's their fans. <laughs> 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 and not only do I have to suffer the, the, the indignity of of my glorious fucking potential premiership winning side in the West Tigers being humbled by this pack of fucking you know this this so-called team of people that deserved nothing but relegation, then I had to f- suffer the double indignity of of the the faux glory of their fucking fans about this. You know, this is going to be the highlight of the year. They're beating the Tigers twice on their way to a fucking wooden spoon. Well, that's it. They got nothing to cheer about, but they got this. Exactly. They got this. And it's something. It's, just, it's more than uh, you've got, unfortunately. End it. End it now. <laughs> Mitch the Geo. The Knights may very well be the worst team in the comp, but what does that make the Tigers, Glenn? Oh, I think I've made my position fairly clear. <laughs> Jar TV. Tonight showed Robbie is worse than Smith and Bedsy. Hash should be smoking, should be a smoking pole kind of hooker. I have nothing to say to that man. My Saguna 85. Yanni, you going to give me like a sad, a sad clown version of the song? No. <laughs> nope. Didn't get the win, the Tigers, but had the pleasure of meeting up with a top bloke in, uh, at the Biggest Tiger. Glenn, you'll love this guy. I'm sure I will. I've, I've got no doubt, and uh, there never has been any doubt that I will love the Biggest Tiger. Um, if I happen to fucking have to be around him while Saguna's around, that might diminish the experience somewhat, but I'm sure we'll make the most of it. Lukey Dukester. West Tigers lose after leading by 10. The jokes, they write themselves. Hash Tigers in decline. And I guess at this point it is decline, isn't it? Oh, equal what did we last. last year, 15th. Yeah, I mean, you're equal last at the moment. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, very confident that that's going to change and you're not going to be last. I've done the old ladder predictor thing and I'm pretty sure the Titans can't get, get out of that spoon position. But fucking 
Who knows? Saluni Poz, Knights players acting like they just knocked off the Bronx or something. Newsflash, it was the Magpigers and you're still shit. <laughs> and uh, so pwned, so underscore pwned. Glenn, I sincerely hope you're feeling the Knights joust their lance gently, yet firmly, into the Tigers' anus. Saturday afternoon, <laughs> Penrith Panthers 24 to feed the New Zealand Warriors 10 out of the muddy puddle in front of a crowd of under 7,000 people. What the fuck's going on out there? Panthers 24 came from Trice. Lewis Brown, Regan Campbell-Gallard, most politically named player fucking ever, Tyrone Peachy, David Simmons, three or four conversions to Jamie Seward and a penalty. The uh, Warriors, their 10 points came from Trice to Sam Tonkins and Connie Harrell and Lowell Hale with one of two conversions. Look, something to cheer about for the nerds and the cheerleaders and the refs folders, and about time too. Panthers put together a pretty good performance, uh, given some of the ad- adversity they've faced this year with injuries and and um, and the like. Oh, just disappointed in the crowd. If you Six, can't, seven, if, if seven, you four. can't, if you couldn't get twenty thousand people to show up to Pepper Stadium every week just to watch the fucking cheerleaders run around, yep. Um, I mean, they're just not having a go. What what better things are there to do in in Penrith or or Falkenbridge for that matter, well, or fucking Bondi, wherever the rest of the fucking nerds live? It's probably cheaper to get a fucking sixer of early times or whatever the home brand fucking right. premix is. And yeah, well, yeah. you know what he's not buying is fucking yeah. a liter of milk. That's for sure in Falkenbridge down at the Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven, jeez, I've broken a Kiwi accent. Seven Eleven took us all the way back to New Zealand. Well, I, was, I was recapping a Warriors game, um, bro. <laughs> but uh, look, disappointing crowd and in a disappointing season for the Panthers. But you know, they're, they're a chance of, of having to have budget cuts, and they're not going to be able to afford the fucking uh, the, the 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 leather, the black yep. leather outfits, and they're, they're going to be rocking out in in oversized T-shirts shortly. And, and Ugg boots and, and tracksuit pants. Does anyone want that? How many people are going to show up there? Tights from best and last. <laughs> no one wants that. No one. I think the Warriors are begging for their season to end, much like the fan bases of some other teams. Um, their spirit broke along with Sean Johnson's ankle, and um, they, they can't... You know, they, they went into this game with, with finals aspirations. I think they were extinguished here, and I don't think it gets much better for the next few weeks. Um, just on Penrith, I think Tyrone Peach is a fantastic player, but what the fuck is his preferred position? He's running around with 12 on his back in this game. Yeah. I think he's normally a six, isn't he? He could probably play three, four, seven, nine. No, I think he's, he's I'd say back row, all right. He's, he's, really? He doesn't seem big enough to me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what he's supposed to be doing, isn't he? I always thought he was a 5'8". Yeah. I'm sure the nerds will fucking come out in force. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they've, they've, you know, surely, you know, take all the injuries off the table, and surely it's Soward and Wallace combination there. Oh, absolutely, but you know, more of a utility, like a, you know, an anti Maltzen, if you will. That's what I mean. It's like put him in like a back row sort of, you know, sort of thing where he can, you know, lock second row sort of thing. Interesting. He's um, he's got a, a different body shape. He doesn't really fit, you know, a traditional second row type. Shape, yeah. if you know what I mean. Um, hell of a fucking player, though. I think he's fantastic. So, good win for Penrith, and, um, you know, p- pretty sh- shitty season for those guys, too, for, for lots of reasons. So, um, good to get a, a, a solid win over the Warriors at home. 
Uh, just the one tweet here, uh, Shane Aronelvis. Biscuit legs and biscuit heads. The Tim Tam Panthers march on and avoid the spoon. Hash, other biscuits are available. And yeah, you don't really think about like, oh, you know, they're in legit contention for the spoon. Probably because was, I think the other teams are still two wins behind them or whatever, but, you know, it's possible. Saturday evening, Sydney Roosters 28 defeat the Eels 18 in front of a crowd of, at Allianz, in front of a crowd of under 11,500. Uh, this one, the, old, the Eels, they shot out to a half-time lead, good half-time lead. But the Roosters 28 came from tries to Maloney, Orbison, uh, Roger Tuvasa-Sheck, Letters and Jake Friend. Maloney, three or four conversions, and Letters with one. And uh, according, to this, <laughs> according to this in front of me here, I don't even remember that from my uh, my viewing, but uh, it could just be a fuck-up. Maybe they were that scared after seeing him score his try, they just gave him a goal as well. Yeah, maybe. Eels 18, tries to Manor, Semi, Corey Norman, three of three goals to Luke Kelly. I think the Eels showed some, some real spirit to take the lead and, and were looking good in doing so, but in the end, they're still the Eels and and didn't have what it took to to go on with it. On the Roosters, still not playing for 80 minutes, and the same could be said of them over the last few weeks. Um, some real lapses, and, and they have pulled out some wins regardless, but... Yeah, most uh, of the lapses come after a, after a bit of a lead. Yeah. This was a kind of a more of a Cowboys-esque yeah. lapse, this one. Start slow and, and, and come back, but... I think the rest of the, the top eight will be hoping that they don't really start to play for 80 minutes anytime soon because when they're on... Yep. Maybe do it in, you know, in a couple of, yeah. The fucking firepower, means. you know, between Jennings and, and I'm loath to say uh, Ferguson, Maloney, two of us is Sheck. You know, when you've got your prop forwards fucking running and carrying fucking half the team across the line yep. um, and, and skittling the rest of them, uh, there's a. They ask a fucking lot of questions. <laughs> uh, it was ultimately too much for the Eels. They uh, a, a, a fully uh, a fully committed Roosters for for eighty minutes is, is going to be tough to stop during a final series. If they get there, if they if they get to that fully committed sure. stage, you know, like sure, yeah. that's their challenge. Potential's um, the thing, isn't it? Lots of potential. In there. They're only, they're, I mean, they're only two seasons away from from having won the comp, so they they obviously have that experience as well. But you know, say the Cowboys or the Broncos go out to that lead that the Eels have, I, I think they just grind out the rest of the game and, and go on with it. Yeah. I, I, you know, no matter how good the Rizzers might be for for sixty minutes, yeah, yeah, I just don't think they get given enough. From the best teams, Rabbitohs um, throw throw the Rabbitohs into the mix as well. Manly, um, well, they're going to play some of these teams in the run home in the next yeah, three weeks. Yeah, so I just if, we'll if they give up that sort of start, I don't think they <clears throat> they get given enough opportunities for the rest of the game from from those quality sides to to capitalise and, and and get back into it. Oliver Beer or two, <laughs> you've got to love the Paris supporters. The only team to cheat the salary cap in order to win a wooden spoon. Ash Gronks. Yep. Ryan Finance. If JWH isn't the best prop in the game, I'm not here. Oh, look, he's, you know... This best prop in the game shit, it's... It, it's Aaron Woods and Daylight every four Second. Weeks, every four weeks, it's something different. It's, it's Aaron Woods and Daylight Second, just like the best fullback in the game is Tedesco and, and Daylight Second. And, you know, this same Gronk that's calling for letters to be prop of the game, best prop in the game, is calling for two of us a check to be best fullback in the game. I mean, the, the man knows nothing. I mean, he's a very committed man, and he's had some fantastic personal results in his life in recent times. Clearly knows fuck all about rugby league. 
<laughs> Woods is the best prop in the game. <laughs> Motherfucker's leading the Dally in count how many weeks in. And since then, he's done sweet fuck all. Can't even fucking stay on the pitch for 80 minutes lately. Got a touch. Got a bit of the. Got a touch of the plums. Have, have I not been? Have I not been hard <laughs> enough on my own side that you've got to still lay your fucking moccasins in? Well, I don't. I don't remember you slamming Woodsy at all. Well, he's fucking. He's he's beyond reproach. <laughs> beyond repair. Ah, uh, Benso. I desperately want to scream endless obscenities at the ceiling, but it's four thirty a.m. My wife and neighbours might not appreciate that. As uh, of course, Ryan watches rugby league from uh, Wales, Vagina, California. Beautiful city of San Diego. <laughs> Sunday afternoon. <laughs> you don't get that reference either, right? Nope. Fuck. That's look. That's a very mainstream reference for you not to get. Very. Is it mainstream. from Sco- Scooby Doo? Is it from Peppa Pig? No. Good. I fucking won't get it then, will I? Oh, so what you're saying is your entire history bank of watching movies has been overridden by what fucking Leo watches lately? Is that what you're saying? And, and Jackson, yeah. Scooby Doo, Peppa Pig. Where is he watching Scooby-Doo? Are they run that out on TV again somewhere? Yeah, Jackson watches it on fucking Cartoon Network. Uh. And he'd probably get away with it too if it wasn't for those fucking pesky kids. Is <laughs> <laughs> he not watching Adventure Time and things like that? Yeah, he watches yeah. a bit of that. And, oh. <laughs> yeah, Adventure Time is big in this house at the moment. All right. Match of the round. GIO Stadium. Sunday afternoon. Crowd, bumper crowd of just over 13,000 in attendance to see the mighty Manly Seagulls 26 defeat the Canberra Raiders 24. Manly's points came from a double to Jamie Lyon, double to Brett Stewart, Matai also with a try and three or five conversions to Killer. The Raiders tries the Vaughan, Edric Lee, Blake Austin, Jared Kennedy, Croker three or four conversions and a penalty goal. Look. There's a lot of rest folding coming out of this game, and I, I think the Raiders can probably cry all they like, but when the game was was at its nuts and bolts, they couldn't complete, and uh, and, and Manly showed showed their class, and Canberra couldn't go with them. I think the biggest point that the, the Raiders proved in this game that they're probably a season away from being genuine top eight contenders, just just mentally not quite there yet. Um, and you know, if it's one thing that you know Manly have had their detractors this season, uh, it's one thing that they've got is that is that real. Premiership winning mentality and and that quality about them. On top of that, Jamie Lyon, their captain, probably the best player in the fucking side, is is in some of the best form of of a best player in a comp at the moment, nearly. Uh, fucking believable, rich vein of form over the last four or five weeks. I mean, got got spiders on him, got pigs on him, whatever the fuck he's got on him, I don't know, but no one wants to touch him. <laughs> Croker tried, but, could, but just with the fucking big don't argue, fend on him straight through, untouched. Unbelievable. Leading to a fucking influx of tears, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. The, the man's pure class, and um, it, I'm loathe to say it, but he, he is a fucking phenomenal footballer. I've, I said it last week or the week before that, you know, there's there's guys that are athletes, <laughs> and, and there's guys that are pure fucking footballers, and, and he is a pure footballer. And, and Thurston is another one. Just, they're the guys that have just, lived and breathed rugby league from from a very very fucking young age and, the, and despite you know not being the most physically fucking gifted as far as you know he doesn't he doesn't look like the fittest guy no he, he looks like the skinniest fat person on earth yeah absolutely um but 
he uh, he's a fantastic footballer, and uh, you know the form he's in at the moment is, is some of the best. I remember that you know that run for Parramatta in what two thousand fucking one. Yeah, yeah. Where they just looked unstoppable, yeah. and he was a, he was a focal point of that very early in his career. Obviously, we're talking fourteen fucking yeah. years ago, <laughs> a long, long time ago. And, and that guy was he, he was fucking untouchable then, and and this form that he's in at the moment is is like a snapshot of that. Do you want to talk about anything else? Or you just want to fucking suck Jamie, suck Jamie Lyons' dick. No, that's that's pretty much it. I figured you'd have plenty to say. So, just the, the thing you sort you of have to say, like fucking, yeah, you can say yeah. I'm sucking his dick, but yeah, no, I appreciate he's, the he's guy can play fucking the game. The first half of the season looked like you know he's, he was he was coming to the end, you know, like he was mm. he was he was losing it. But isn't it fucking amazing what a period of time without injury? can do to someone I mean he was carrying injuries and coming back early from injuries so he had a, a rough sort of first half of the season but now and it's not just him as well I mean there's lots of players that had injuries at the start of the season and the most important thing is that I heard after it was after I think the Broncos game the, seri- the senior players there were saying that that turnaround wasn't a surprise to them because for the first time in the season they actually were able to have the 17 guys that were taking the field on the weekend. Actually, they could complete the training sessions through the week as well. So it wasn't like we had this ter- we had this terrible fucking injury toll, but that injury toll also meant that the people who were sort of half nursing injuries that weren't part of the official injury toll, they're preventing the team from training any properly anyway. You know, and now that the guys are you know they're all strong, they're fit, they're injury free for you know two months, let's say, and the results have been there. They've only probably lost one game in that time. They're going fucking amazing. And it's just just the team the team efforts. I mean, this game here, they should have kicked on and won this game forty nil. But you know, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. The turning point at sixteen nil was that that Tafua penalty when it, you know that should have been a goal line dropout, and you know potentially another try there just to keep you know hammering the boot in and get to the point where they were just out of touch and Canberra saw their season flash before their eyes and just fucking gave it up. But you know, to their credit, they fought back. Um, you know, Techno Viking. Fucking sensational! That was I a mean, fucking great try. I mean, that last that last try they scored was uh, they they want to talk about the fucking last try Manly scored. Brett Stewart's watching the ball over the sideline. Edric Lee grabs him and throws him off the ball. You telling me that's not a fucking penalty? Get the fuck out of here! I mean, they, they want to talk about fucking refs faults in tries and shit. That try should never have been awarded. It's absolute fucking bullshit. But um, then we talk about the last two tries. I mean. Who knew the Hiku could pass? I mean, magic to get fucking Jamie Lyon over the second last try, and that last one, just when 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 the chips are down, that's when you know when the Manly team is fit and they're back to the back to themselves, because there's two minutes left in the game, the game's on the line, need to try to win it, and they pull out something fucking incredible. Je- I mean, Jesse Sandy Lafau with the fucking offload to DCE, and you know DCE fucking in passes into his best mate Brett Stewart. Over the line, scores a try, tears from Croker, hugs for DC and Brett Stewart. They fooled everybody. They fucking actually love each other. And just everyone's happy and they're just winning. And it's just really salvaged this cunt of a season, to be perfectly honest. I thought I'd be feeling like you about this time of the season. I really did. <laughs> Blake Austin's try was reminiscent of, of a young Jackson Blakely uh, early on, uh, on Saturday morning. He. Uh, Cut through the middle. Cut through the middle through the biggest uh, tall timber on the opposition team. Cut through between the two biggest forwards that they had with a burst of speed. Stepped another, fended another. Looked like he was going to be stopped by three defenders. Burst through again and scored under the sticks. <laughs> yeah, that's Brilliant. fucking that's some lazy fucking shit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> lazy, lazy shit. Um, 
And look, I, 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 I pulled out Photoshop to, you know, add some lines in the field and things like that to investigate that breach to a try. And look, you know, I, I understand it was close and it was line ball, but actually on the lines, he was actually, he was good. So, you know, even, even the rest fault, bash that up your fucking asses too. Um, and the other thing I take issue with, the narrative through this whole fucking game, I was listening to most of it on the radio the first time. And then, because I was coming back from camping and literally walked in the door, pulled a couple of bags out of the car and said, that's it, I'm going to watch the last, you know, it was, it was less than 10 minutes of the game. It was basically the last two tries to win it that I saw first time around. Then I just sat there and just, and, you know, through the the method that I, I watch games um, when I need to watch them again. I did that immediately after. But the narrative through the radio commentary and through the television commentary was, oh, Canberra are going to save their season by winning this fucking game. Oh, Manly season's going to be over when they lose this game. Canberra were two points behind Manly on the table. If they fucking won the game, they would have been equal on the table with Manly. If Manly lost the game, they would have been equal on the table with fucking Canberra. Why does one team fucking see? Why does their one team season get saved by that win, where the the, the other team's season gets defeated? You know, gets destroyed by. Sort your fucking selves out. Stop trying to make more drama. Rugby league's a fantastic sport. It doesn't need you cunts to fucking try and jimmy it up and make it. You know, something that. It, you know, more doesn't than, need to more be. Doesn't need to be. Let the fucking glorious tries of of Brett Stewart and Jamie Lyon show you how beautiful a game rugby league is. And I tell you, I was fucking that last try. I fucking let it. I let it rip. I let it rip. Lucky the kids weren't within earshot because fucking. I had to really self censor a lot, <laughs> and it's really hard to do when every word out of my mouth was going to be F and C. <laughs> but uh, yeah, loved it. Fantastic. The dream continues. The history-making run continues as the mighty Manly Sea Eagles continue on their destiny to make history. And uh, Angry Stink, at Angry Stink, new handle for uh, Karim Karan. Why he's changed from his name, don't know, but Angry Stink. Raiders bitten by a snake lurking in the shadows. What a great bite that was to kill a whole season for a club. (laughs) Hash deadly snake. Eddie PJ, hash... (laughs) <laughs> I want to count these out for you. R E E E E E E F F F F F F F F S S S S F F F A A A U U L L L T T T T. Ref's fault. Ref's fault. Fucking ref's fault. That is all. Get that man a scarf. Need a beater. No one deserved to win that game, but holy fucking shit, I'm happy slash relieved we did. The drive home will now be fun times. With her boyfriend slash brother. Bay Bay BNC Tech Claymore or wherever she lives <laughs> the team of rugby league destiny continues its destiny journey towards destiny <laughs> Ash destiny <laughs> <laughs> and glorious glory Anthony Voodoo Rock I think Nate just made a cocktail out of Crocus Tears with an olive and a little umbrella after I fucking hose down the interior of this room and my pants Oh. <laughs> Thank you for that. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Now I'm pitching a ten again. <laughs> <laughs> Canary Bankstown Bulldogs 36 to feed the Gold Coast Titans 14 at Central Coast Stadium. A crowd just over 11,000. The Doggies 36 came from a double to Brett Morris, double to Rona, double to Eastwood. Uh, Clemmer also with a try. Trent Hodkinson, four of seven conversions. And the Titans 14 came from a double to Fifi Law. James Roberts also with a try. And Greg Bird, one of two conversions. After the Aiden season missed one, and then he was uh, lost to the game through injury. 
seemed to me like the dogs were all in, always in control of this game. That the Titans tried gamely to, to hang with them, but they just lacked the execution at the crucial time. Um, I think Canterbury are, are fucking. I hate to say it, but I think they're desiing it, flying under the radar, looking solid. Um, they've got the grind in them. They've got the the big forwards to 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 just turn the screw slowly and 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 squeak out a win or they've they've got some spectacular shit in their game as well um from time to time long season for the titans but you know james roberts is going to be horribly fucking isolated in that squad next year yeah he's going to be he's going to be the semi redradra of that squad it's just, <laughs> that try he scored get it to rob he was he was facing the goal line but he was kind of half running sideways and he didn't lose any pace. I don't know how the fuck that happens. Yeah. Oh, just his speed is. You'd watch him in full flight. That that's you know that they should get more people to their games just fucking watching him. Yeah. People should show up to Penrith to watch cheerleaders, and people should get to that to watch Titans games just because James Robertson's sight. Hey, that's why I went to Hope Solo game against Manly. I wanted to see some James Rose Bruins. Of course, you know, didn't do jack shit. Couldn't do a thing. <laughs> Couldn't do a thing to Manly. Real team. But, uh, you know. Look, uh, I think it's a good and, and, you know, solid win for the Dogs, you know, gearing up for for the final series. You know, they're probably going to be in the bottom half of the eight. I don't know that too many teams, you know, are going to want to play them. You know, beating grand finalists last year, they've got all the the attributes, let's say that. They're well coached. and they're, and they're a fucking tough side. You have to earn your wins against them. So, um, you know, this game was it was pretty good preparation. I thought they they fine tuned a few things. And um, Morris at the back, he's he's starting to find a, a decent vein of form as well. So, I um, I got the dogs as a bit of a dark horse to come from from the bottom half of the eight to make a bit of a run. Yeah, there are people who do rate them. Like Gus Gould's one as well. But um, yeah, I, I refuse to rate them. I think the as the better teams click, I think you know they've had some opportunistic it, wins over. I don't think oversized. they can win games that are a fucking shootout, and whoever can score the most points, I you know there's there's teams that are much better at that than them. I think they've got some some good attack in them. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Roosters proved that you know they got out to a lead. Dogs come back, and the Roosters had enough in them to to beat them. I, I think Manly on song. Uh, have probably too many points in them, but I think that I think the dogs will beat the storm. This yeah, th- and with this game, I think that um yeah, I think so too. I think the storm. Who fucking knows what you're going to get? They mm. they are absolutely devastating, or you know, grinders grinding enough, or outright fucking disgraceful. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to, to which one you're going to get on you know a particular occasion. We'll get to this week's, which obviously was devastating, but um. This the scoreline massively flattered the Bulldogs in this game. I mean, the Titans actually got themselves back into a good position, but immediately after, someone who I think, look, you know, he's he's been maligned. So I mean, this is not a surprise to anyone, but I think one of the genuinely worst footballers in first grade at the moment, fucking sexy eyes, Daniel Mortimer, mm. absolutely horrible fucking player of rugby league, defiling his great family rugby league name. <sighs> He, they scored two tries directly off him just fucking dropping it. Mm. Like, just, absolutely fucking awful. I understand he's playing in a side that probably isn't travelling with much confidence. And with Aiden Caesar off, I mean, if he's gone for the rest of the year, 
then good luck winning another fucking game. You know, the only points they're going to score is, you know, James Roberts fucking jags one, you know, off a kick return or something and just goes length, or, you know, catches them from fucking 10 metres out and, you know, length of the fields it because, man, we may see the fucking greatest halves combination of all time emerging this weekend. I, was having, I haven't even checked the team sheets. I've got them up ahead. But I wonder if we're going to see the dream of uh, Hoffman and Sexy Eyes. Jesus. Gee, some points in that to the opposition. <laughs> the biggest tiger, Daniel Mortified. Kid should consider giving the game up. That's shocker. <laughs> Mitch Colby. If Greg Bird was an actual bird, he would be a peasant Indian miner with no skill. <laughs> and GT, G, GT I love a good nature tweet. Yeah. GT351 underscore Johns. Ugly win and really made it hard on ourselves. Not good enough at this time of the year, but a win is a win. I'll take it for now. That's right. Monday night foot bitch at the tip. Rwanda Stadium, Melbourne Storm 30. Absolutely destroyed the Cronulla Southern Sharks too. Crowd of just over 10,000. And uh, this one, one-way traffic, Melbourne Storm 30. Uh, their tries came to Jesse Bromwich, double to Matt Duffy. Dale Finucan, Cameron Munster also with tries. Smith, four of four conversions. Munster had one as well. And the Sharks had a solitary penalty goal. First score of the night to Michael Gordon. Just when the Sharks were looking like a finals contender, they remind us that all that they're still the Sharks. They, uh, just in the media was telling starting, us that they were a finals contender. Yeah, just they were starting to talk them up as a top four side and, and they've trotted this performance out. As good as Melbourne were, were I, th- I think the Sharks really um, had a lot to say you know, in that scoreline, to be quite frank. Melbourne, as I've said, I, I think teams like the Dogs, Melbourne are susceptible to. They've got a solid base to work from. They've still got the brilliance of Cronk and Smith in the side um, and, and some some young guys that are capable of brilliance, but it's that Slater factor that they'll miss in the finals. Um, I think they're going to have to be relying on kids to provide the same amount of impact that they get from Billy Slater for their game plan to to be uh, affected and I, I just don't know that you know over the course of a month of football that they are going to be able to perform that way that you know they've had a lot of good performances this season and it's been sprinkled with some some pretty ordinary ones as you just said yourself so they um, they're I don't know I, I, I think they'll be competitive in the finals but I, I don't think they're going to win the comp I just wonder how they... Yeah, I mean, if they can put it together, when they put it together, they're as good as anyone. And I think, with, I think Munster's going so fucking well. It's almost time for the Storm to start thinking about the hard questions. Mm. I mean, do they benefit more with more time with Munster as fullback and not somewhere else? Yeah. And, you know, what happens to Slater? Do they lock him? Throw him into six? It's not like they've got, you know... Yeah, but I mean, that down options, Blake Green know? hasn't been horrible either. No, but I mean, it's kind of. At what point is is Munster? You know, Munster's having some continuity in fullback. Is Slater, Slater's not a six, though. Has he got a? Well, he hasn't got yeah, a but, kicking game. He's not. But, but Slater's a massively declining one as well. I mean, he's been on. He's he. I mean, he's had some good performances, but he's been on a down. He's been on definitely on a downward trajectory for three years now. Mm. He hasn't done that shit that he's known for for you know for a very long time. I mean the. I mean, sure, people know that, you know, he's loitering on the inside and, you know, for the, the ball back, you know, through the ruck and that kind of thing. But still, I mean, people knew it was coming back then too. They could do a damn thing to stop it sure. and shut the gate. Now, he's not getting over the fucking advantage line doing it, you know. That's so, right. And his body's starting to fail him too, a few more yep. injuries and yep. long-term stuff too. Yep. What he's, part of um, Ben Barber's career is more shambolic? The way he's 
days that the dogs ended, that his time at the Broncos or, or this or latest venture at the Sharks. I thought you said his personal life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's there's nothing to say he won't be playing in England or... Yeah. The rugby league guys sometimes deliver the karma that the fucking courts and so on don't. Yeah. So, he's... he's it just it, the thing when players have have shit like this happen, it just makes you think. It makes you like go back and revisit the history, mm. and you go like in 2012 or whatever year it was. It's like, what the fuck just happened how that good year? Were those dogs forwards. That's what what happened that year. The lightning in the bottle that year that made him such an amazing fucking influential player. Because that shit went you on know? pretty well the whole season. Yeah, and the season before it was happening off the, off the bench, bench, and they were yeah. kind of like, wow, we need to get more game time for him, you know, because every time he comes on, he's, you know, two tries off the bench, on it, you know. So, man, it's it's just amazing how far how far he's fell. You know, could Desi get it out of him again? Oh. What fucking special source did he have? You but, know, that, that, you know, that well, others have But to what detriment, to yeah. what detrimental effect in the, in the, in the, in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying he should go back to Canterbury. I'm just saying, like, you know, could he replicate? Yeah. You know, could he? You know, with the the drama, you know, with that drama not there, could let's say 2013, you know, without all that shit, would he have the same year as 2012? I mean, it's just strange. I mean, like, Hayne, he had the lightning in a bottle in 2009 as well, but that dude was doing fucking solid shit the whole time and still throwing spectacular shit out there, one in every five games, you know, at least. Absolutely, and yeah. he he was legit for a horrible team was legit winning and influencing games single-handedly. Yeah. 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 I, I just, you know, we, we haven't really seen much of that from Barber. He, he probably scored two tries for the Broncos that that were, you know, along the same lines as what he was doing in 2012. Each time um, the newspapers were talking about how he was back to. Exactly. And and I think he's done, you know, in, in over the course of the season, two or three things for the Sharks that... Have, uh, have have been along those lines as well, but nothing like the consistency he had back then. Yep, yep. And this this Sharks performance for me is just, that's that's kind of what I expect out of them. <laughs> I've never rated them. It's been mystifying to me how they've seemed to find the way to way to win. I haven't you know really analysed their draw, but I predict it's pretty soft. Um, but coming up against it. When the media's behind you, the fans are behind you, expectation starts to fill the air. And I mean, I know Sharks fans, they don't like to fucking get the expectation thing going that readily because it only leads to expectation, leads to disappointment. That's right. So many, so, many, of so many times with the history of failure. So I know that they're kind of reluctant to do that, but I felt that they started, the fans started to buy into it a little bit this week, through the week. And it was a home game top four on offer or potential at top four position uh, on offer bags of dicks were purchased <clears throat> oh they had bags of dicks and they oh gee they wanted to feed them but the team just did not show up and you know maybe you know maybe it was the occasion maybe it was the media maybe they were in reading their press maybe it was just because Melbourne Storm are the fucking originators of the style that they've been trying to do mm. drag people down into a the original and the there. best They've still obviously proved that they're the masters of the wrestle. And when they're up against a team who's kind of into that as well, the referees aren't going to hammer it as badly because there's not going to be such an obvious disparity of them trying to get up and ruck speed and all that sort of thing because they're kind of trying to do it too. They're just not as good at it. So, yeah, but, you know, Sharks is still going to make the finals. They're fairly entrenched at this stage. But, uh, you know, I think the top four aspirations are gone and it just remains to be seen. 
you know, if they can get over the, the Tigers. They've got the Tigers coming up in a couple of weeks or, you know, this, week. Next three, this week or the next three weeks, yeah. So, um, you know, traditionally a side that you win ugly, a game that you win ugly. So uh, we'll see how far they, they plummet. I mean, but they're still, I think, certainly to top eight at this point. Luke Shark, 74. Wow, that was shit. Now I have to eat my own bags of dicks. <laughs> Lucky I had those ribs removed. Hash down, down, Cronulla. Hash top four, my ass. Jeez, he can, can turn on his side. Special K online. All caps. Flaccid. No furious masturbation on this occasion. <laughs> Shutter 86. Poor Shark, he's having to eat a cheetah's dick like one of Tiger Woods' side bitches. Michael Darren 79. What the Ben Barber and Cy have in common? Both have been making a living off 2012. Ash Gangnam style. So I'd have that song Gentleman afterwards as well. I mean, you know. He's probably got fucking tons of hits in Korea as well that just haven't filled it out to us. Arpopsh. I reckon Jack Bird must room with Mick Ennis for away games because he is fast becoming a mammoth fucking germ too. Wow. <laughs> How about Ennis fucking <laughs> the <Yeah>. bitch slap? <laughs> that guy... <clears throat> He, se- he seems like a, a very well-spoken and nice guy off the field when he's interviewed and stuff like that. He seems like a real reasonable and like just like a real a real friendly kind of guy. I would love to see him mic'd up for NRL 360. Oh, fucking hell. Because the things that he must say to get the reactions that he receives, he must be an absolute diabolical germ. <laughs> I would love to, why not mic him up and just believe the stuff that you had to not show the stuff that you you know and then you know in 20 years time someone puts it on YouTube the unedited thing of when McInnes was mic'd up by NRL yeah. 360 like like Peter Russell Clark or like that <laughs> did you see that aggro one that went out last, no. last week week before it was all these back it was this backstage stuff it was it was from you know they did the Christmas parties at TV it was like the stuff they put on the Christmas party tape right you know and it's just like with, uh, with aggro and Anne-Marie and he's just saying Jamie Dunn is just saying filthy fucking shit to her <laughs> like just because he's you know under the table with the yeah, puppet yeah. and so he's just saying just filthy shit <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny I'll send you a link tomorrow but um I would love to see that unedited tape <laughs> of Mike Lennon's mic'd up for an entire game especially one where he's up he's got someone that's gonna bring the worst out of him you know like an opponent that he's really trying to needle the whole time that would be fantastic but um <clears throat> Yeah, good effort from the storm, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I mean, this time of the season, you know, there's that. That's it. Like teams like the Broncos and the Cowboys, you know, they throw out, they throw out the tapering thing, or you know, we always lose this time of season, or something. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> oh, in round twenty-two, every team fucking that won the premiership lost this game. You know, honestly. When is it? You know, we've got three weeks to see the form shake out. I mean, there's, obviously, we've got people entrenched. In you want eight. to be you want to be fucking winning at this time of year. Exactly. That's, that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's not. It doesn't mean that you can't win the comp if you if you drop a couple of games at this stage of the year when you're already well you know well and truly um, making the finals. But what does it do to your confidence? What if you meet the sides that are beating you again in the finals? What does that do? Yep. Well, you know, why is it okay to be dropping games? It's it's not. You should be aiming to. Uh, to be putting your best foot forward every week, especially heading into the finals. Exactly. Previews. Friday night, sorry, Thursday night. I forgot we're at that time of season. 
Thursday night football, St. George Illawarra Dragons take on the Penrith Panthers at Wynn Stadium. Benji's back at halfback. No more dart head. Um, <laughs> oh, probably Dragons at home. I'll probably lean towards them, given that they've got a little bit more to play for at this stage. The, the Dragons need it, but I tell you, I'm so fucking behind the little pennies that could at this mm. stage. I mean, you haven't done nothing for nobody, little pennies, lately. But this is it. This is your chance to make a mark on the NRL table. You can fucking beat these Dragons. And in doing so... Elevate Manly. You can can open the doorway for the fucking Aussie battlers, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, who've just been battling away there in the trenches, just looking for a chance, just for someone to give them a chance to show what they can do in the best time of the year. And Penny, this is your chance. So go hard, boys. Don't fuck 13 plus. I'm going to take the Dragons. The Dragons are fucking hopeless, and they don't deserve to fucking be there. Pennies, do the do rugby league a favour. <laughs> <laughs> you little battlers. <laughs> South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Friday night football, ANZ Stadium. This will be a, a <clears throat> cracker of a game, in my opinion. Potentially, yeah. I um, I'm going to pick the Bunnies. I think there's a little bit more class in their side and a few more points in them. And, and they're going to ask a, a, more questions of the of the dogs than what the dogs will of them. So I think the dogs have the stronger forwards, though. So it's re, it's really going to be up to the, the bunnies forward pack to to at least hold their own um, and give Reynolds a bit of time and space. And, and Inglis um, hopefully will get some early ball and a bit of room to move. And, and that should hopefully be another step towards premiership defence for the Rabbitohs and, and, and against the quality opposition the Rabbitohs uh, two games ago came up against the Mighty Manly Seagulls were thoroughly humbled but through that humbling they achieved a measure of respect and a part of that respect is that they vowed as a playing group to destroy the doggies to da- not only take two points off them but damage their for and against to help out Manly the team that humbled them and earned their respect Rabbits by 40 this week's tipping comes is brought to you by what's best for Manly <laughs> <laughs> Cronulla Sutherland Sharks take on the West Tigers at the tip 3pm Saturday afternoon Ramonda Stadium <sighs> the, the, sign, the, the sight of their debacle on Monday night short turnaround West Tigers by 13 plus oh please the West Tigers will uh, be stung stung by the horrible f- performance at home against the Newcastle Knights last week and, and will take that frustration out against you know, uh, a sorry excuse for a finals contender, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. And they will, uh, you know, uh, with Tedesco will be running that hot that I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the fumes from the tip caught fire. Wow. And there was there was a massive Roasted implosion. Ibis. Roasted Ibis. Uh, Roasted Ibis for everyone it, in attendance. It, it could be an environmental disaster out there by the time Tedesco's finished running in fucking tries. Um, and if he doesn't fucking burn the place down, then Martin to Power will just demolish the fucking joint. Maybe both will happen, and the, the entire world would re- rejoice. Maybe Woodsy and Farron will start fucking, playing again. An entire ecosystem of ibis will have to relocate. <laughs> maybe if they're Rob- not cooked. Maybe Robbie will. Maybe Robbie will, will make the ibises into schnitzels. Maybe fucking maybe Robbie and Aaron Robbie, will decide Robbie to start playing their first fucking game. Robbie would only use the finest quality, the finest quality poultry. 
in order to produce his award-winning schnitzels. Nathan. For the place that closed down, presumably through not winning awards and losing money. Well, sometimes when you present <laughs> your own awards, it's not good for business. <laughs> Look, this is a dress rehearsal for the, for the West Tigers as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this game, it's important. They need to compete. They need to win to build the confidence because they're playing the Dragons coming up, and that's one they really do need to win um, for the Mighty Manly Seagulls. So, <laughs> so with that in mind, I wonder, you know, this is a game. This is a game that the Tigers win win ugly, like twenty two twenty. I'll take it, and they win it undeservedly. <clears throat> and let's hope that happens on this occasion. New Zealand Warriors versus North Queensland Cowboys, Mount Smart, five thirty p.m. Cowboys by four thousand. Look, one thing I saw last week for the Warriors, and it eventually amounted to nothing given the the, the result. But Sam Tompkins did something. Twice in one game. Yeah. I haven't seen that happen in, in a good season in a bit. Jonathan Wright's playing. Payroo's playing. Dominant, Dominique Payroo. It's French for reserve grade. Um, oh, there, there is absolutely no hope for the Warriors in this game. And the, and the Cowboys... Carroll on the interchange. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, Their coach is fucking retarded. I don't know whether that coach was dating... <clears throat> um, the young lady um, with the magnificent surname that uh, that Connie snapped a little video of whilst he was extracting some pleasure from same lady, and uh, I, I don't know if McFadden was dating her or you know if he you know it's a, it's an ex lover or what, but Connie's on the outer. Let's be real. There's but there's lots of them. There's lots of them on the out. You see how many of the youngsters are leaving? Mm. I mean, just fucking let let go. He doesn't like he doesn't like Polynesian players. He's racist. <laughs> that's very inflammatory, Nathan. Oh, look, that's just my uh, that's my <laughs> expert opinion based upon the selection decisions that McFadden has made, particularly over the last ten weeks ish. Look, I think the Cowboys will. <clears throat> be looking to bounce back strongly and, and make a bit more of a statement as to their premiership credentials and, and the Warriors will fall victim to that. At this time of the season, without Sean Johnson there, it's a real treat to, to play against the Warriors. Uh, it's an exercise in for and against boosting and uh, if the Cowboys come out of it with anything less than that, put a line through them sure. for the whole rest of the competition. Sydney Roosters take on the Brisbane Broncos Saturday night Allianz Stadium. Another cracky game. Um... And one that uh, one Jackson Blake will be watching is uh, uh, a, has a, a healthy respect for the Roosters. Um, I remember when the the Broncos knocked them off earlier in the season. He uh, he's gone up and give his mum a bit of a hug, and she said, "Oh, thanks for that hug." He said, oh, "I'm just so proud of the Broncos, mum. I just you know." We need to hug hug you. Who has no stake in anything and exactly. And this is such a meaning, meaningless gesture in the scheme of things. I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I just felt I'd be nice to someone, and you were, you were the only one left in the house. Um, I I think the Broncos. That's a big call, um, but I just think the the Roosters. Again, they're not playing for eighty minutes, and I think the Broncos might just hang with them uh, long enough and take advantage of their opportunities and and give them less to work with than what uh, last week's opposition did. And I think the Broncos might uh, take a close one out. Yeah, look, I think the Roosters are good enough, but... Oh, they're definitely good enough. This is a really difficult game to tip because 
the Broncos have been playing, you know, pretty average lately. And I mean, I don't put too much stock in a win over the Dragons, you know, who are sure. putting a, a utility forward into the halfback role. I mean, that was just fucking ignorant. And, you know, a team that was gone on a massive losing streak until they managed to get a, a big win against the Knights of all teams. So, <clears throat> the and Roosters... They they still the good form is winning form. I mean, winning form is good form, and they've and they've despite the problems they've had with you know letting teams in the games or getting behind in games, they've still been finding a way to win. I see this game more as just like a it's just a bit of a, a bit of a litmus test just to see where both of these teams are at this stage in the season. I think the Roosters are closer to where they need to be than the Broncos at this stage, but um you know this game will you know hopefully sort it out, and you know hopefully we get a cracking game in the mix as well. You know, in the middle of it all. Yep. Gold Coast Titans. Take on the Canberra Raiders. Hope Solo Coliseum on the Gold Coast. It's a shame there's not going to be many people there to watch the Blake Austin show uh, discombobulate the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, I think the Raiders uh, big shot, big shot to put on a, a, a healthy scoreline against the Titans in this one. It, it's possible, but just to counter that, the body language after that Manly game, when they know the season's gone, they could fucking they could they could lose it at this point. They could they turn could, their they toes could, up. They could they could absolutely turn it up. Conversely, the Titans, they actually fucking had a real dig for much of that game until I mean, sexy eyes started you know throwing passes to the, the to the doggies to score tries off. And that same man is still wearing the number seven this week. Yeah, well, you know what? This the thing is, the the. The Raiders aren't going to put that kind of pressure on and that kind of dominance on that the Doggies did. Mm. They're just not. They're a team that is fucking very susceptible to being fucked up. They could have dropped their bottom lip because they're out of the running now. The Titans don't want the spoon. They've probably got more to play for at this point. Having said that, I'm going to tip the Raiders because the Titans are fucking downright awful as a football side. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if... You know, the Titans dug in and actually produced something. You know, something resembling winning form against a team that's also, you know, not that far, you know, away from the bottom of the table. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles take on the Parramatta Eagles match of the round Sunday, 4pm, Channel 9 game. Soft draw, Eagles by 40. Manly need to win. Um, it's even better for them if they win well. Corey Norman, Luke Kelly, halves partnership, not the best. If Manly lose this game, then that'll be the death knell for their season. They may still make the finals, but if you're fucking losing to Parramatta when you're trying to make a run for the eight, then you don't deserve to be there. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit of question mark over what's going to happen with Jorge with the judiciary, but it's a you know it's a very fortunate situation that you know if he's out, oh gee, well I guess we just want to put Tommy Turbo in again. You know, oh shit. Um, still, still without Big Willie. Uh, Jake uh, Jake Turbo, he's been named in the eight, um, and that's a he got two head knocks in the one fucking game. It's a very un, it's a very underspoken about aspect of that game last week. The fact that the two best forwards, Willie and, and Jake, weren't involved in the game. I mean, like Jake wasn't in it for very long, and he came back and was you know after doing the concussion protocols and left for good not long after that. And so you know that's 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 an important thing as well. I mean, that, and that's when they you know got back in the game without Jake on the field. I mean, he's he's within the course of a season, he's proven to become such a a crucial member of the team. You know, for now and the future going forward. Um, Starlo has started to really pick it up and play well the last couple of weeks. 
everyone has. I mean, you know, the Caramel Mateo <laughs> fucking off, offloads for days. Um, Hassan in the side. Can't say I'm happy with that. Brenton Lawrence is 18th man, though. You know, it'd be fantastic to swap that 16 and 18 around. I'd really like to look at that side. But, um, look, I think Manly, they have to win. And it's preferable they win well. And I think they will do both. Melbourne Storm take on the Newcastle Knights Monday night foot pitch down at Amy Park. Worst team in the comp takes on Melbourne at home. Melbourne by 6,000. Yeah, Melbourne backing up from Monday night with another Monday night. Uh, net effect will be zero. And I think the Knights will... Uh Die a horrible, slow, painful death. I think this one will be uh, a standard Knights game of late, and I think Melbourne are going to win 44-22. to 22. With those 22 points of the Knights coming within the middle of the second half, after they've already fallen behind by about 30. <laughs> And that is full time for episode 202. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Share our posts, hit the like button. Another thing to do as well is when you're on Facebook, you're fine with the algorithms these days. They fucking, you don't, you like a page because you like it, like the brand or, you know, whatever. And then you never see their shit. And you're like, oh, motherfucker, I like that shit. I mean, because I want to see that shit. So. <laughs> If you go to the This Week in League Facebook page and you click the like button and you've got the drop down next to it and there's something that says, um, you know, get notifications, click on that and you'll see all of our stuff in the feed. So uh, just a little tip there. iTunes, no new reviews this week. So get in there. If you haven't given us a review, you're running out of weeks this year to do so. And that's seriously one of the best ways you can support the show uh, by subscribing and giving us a review. It helps our ranking stay up the top where we belong. Tipping, close competition this year we thought it looked all well and truly over about four weeks ago but it's a it's a real battle now between a couple matthew bell on top 112 david kingston drawn level 112 nigel b back one 111 then we go two spots back to goodnight cj another two spots back to mario siegs then one spot back to ben diggity mad dog uh, and then one spot back to NZ Tiger, Solzy, Mikus, and Scott Beebe. So I think we're probably down to a three-horse, possibly four-horse race at this stage. But, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, across the top ten this week, we had some guys got seven, some got as low as three. So, <clears throat> you know, who knows? Oh, sorry, this week it was sixes and fives. But uh, the week before, yeah, it went from seven to three. So it's very variable and still anyone's competition. Fantasy, the Wendells. Home and hosed at this point over top China Dragons, one trick bony, Rick Grimes bitch, Rick Rick Grimes in decline, more like it. Bobbers, Warhorse, the Pool Qs, Prestige Worldwide, wide, wide. Seagulls, Assassins, and NZ underscore magpies fifty-four. Also consistently up in the mix. Pick the ladder. I fucking just dropped off the pace. I don't know why Manly are winning. I should be fucking on top. But Jesse McIntyre. The good McIntyre, number one, went up twenty-four points to get there. Um, DJ X-Plane's partner, 28 points up to get into second place, not rigged at all. 30 points, uh, thirty places up to third for Mupp. Then we've got Sammy Boy 1986, Devon Head dropped down to fifth. Uh, JR underscore 136 moved up to sixth. 
Um, who we got? Shithead listener, he dropped. Voodoo Rock, big jump into ninth. And then we had uh, Flafflin and Honor Blood Buzz. Honor Blood Buzz dropping from first or second all the way down to tenth. And uh, yeah, and the funny thing is, Cavernous Hope, our mate Drew, he's been dead fucking last from week one to now. Just, <laughs> I don't know how he keeps doing it, but he's fucking. He's hopeless at this game. Knows nothing about life, knows nothing about rugby league. Now, but you know, how could he know anything when he's out there defending our country? I think it's the Hargies and so forth. Well, what's he going to do? Throw a fucking pen at them? (laughs) Hit them with his keyboard? Now, don't forget the uh, 200th episode anniversary commemorative print is on sale right now so uh, head over to respecttheshooter.co it's uh, right there featured on the first page you can get a better look at it so uh, given the aspect ratio of the picture I think I cut it up into three different views where you can get a bit of a look at it but um, <coughs> by means get in there and if you choose if you so choose to grab a extra custom scribble from uh, the master of crayons Twilgenfeld go for that as well and uh, yeah we'll ship these bad boys out as quick as possible and just with the with the shipping on these ones what's going to happen is they're going to be produced in the state so they can be shipped to uh, Hilgenfeld so you can sign and number them and he'll send them over here and uh, then we'll get them out to you guys that's it look forward to seeing some orders roll through for the uh, for the print I look forward to the West Tigers riding the ship and uh, playing for their jersey and putting a bit of pride in their performance much like the Springfield Panthers under eight whites of the weekend just gone. I'd just like to... And no doubt this coming Saturday morning in our last game of the season. If I could just reach out to some teams. The West Tigers. Boys, you need some confidence. You've got a big game against the Dragons coming up. Really need you up for that one. Crack it for a win. Really need you up for that one. Little pennies that could. Look, I need you guys to get the Dragons this week as well. Do me a solid. I don't don't ask ask anyone for fucking anything. But I'm just asking you... I'm, I'm asking you shit teams to play above your stations. Do something for your betters. And just fucking win. That's all I've got time for. (laughs) So. (laughs) See you next week. See you next week. (laughs) 